This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com forward slash TV. Please join us there for fun, frolic, frisbees. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. Hey, you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a inverted favorite. <laughs> and this week we are beginning our discussion of Shadow Tower, which is a, uh, a first-person action RPG developed by From Software and published by Age Attack for the PlayStation in 1999. Yes. Um, and this is a successor to and very similar to uh, Kingsfield, mm-hmm. um, you know, which we played the, the most recent Kingsfield game in uh, one of our last off seasons, but this is a little bit different um, primarily because it adds in this horror element uh, to things that we tend to associate. Like, so Kingsfield is really kind of classic swords and sorcery. Um, You're playing a Kingsfield game. You might get scared because it's super immersive and (laughs) the draw distance is bad. And that's not me making fun of it. Like, that's great. Um, You know, but this game leans into that and uses it to affect um, more strongly. Mm hmm. For sure. And uh, this is more of a dungeon crawler, too. You know, whereas mm-hmm. Kingfield, you know, there there are a lot of hallways in Kingsfield, but because of the, because this is taking place in this dungeon, right? Like in this, uh, it, it's all hallways and rooms as you are descending the titular, the titular shadow tower. Um, it, it, it's a much more claustrophobic kind of feeling. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And it has that um, a little bit of that silent hill, like I'm just going down, going down, <laughs> going down, going down. And that always has kind of a psychological toll. Yeah. Um, on you. Um, your goal here in the game, and there are kind of some lore reasons behind some of this stuff, but we're going to talk about it in terms of gaminess <laughs> because there's not as much as we're used to, obviously. Um, but the goal is, you know, you kill the boss on each floor, and these floors are called worlds for some reason. <laughs> and then uh, you descend to the uh, the void at the bottom of this and kill the demon, you know, who is actually responsible yes. for the, uh, the sorry condition of the world at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is a, oh, there's an evil place and only a true hero can go solve it. <laughs> it's a, there's a little bit like, yeah, I mean, that's that's the case, but it's got these weird little nods in mm-hmm. what you're doing mm-hmm. that are really cool and like specifically pretty soulsy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I didn't realize this uh, when I was playing it because I played it on my PSP mm-hmm. or on my uh, Vita, but I, I bought this for PlayStation um, at a Portland Retro Gaming Expo that yeah. I, a couple of years back. So I had it and like had the manual and read through it and stuff with the actual thing. It's pretty fun. Um, and one of my favorite details is, uh, so one, like, you know, the reason why we're doing this is to free all these people's souls. Mm-hmm. They've been stolen by demons, which is familiar. But two, uh, you you were distracted going to your grandma's house. <laughs> yep, you're going to that's granny. So that, that's, that's the only <laughs> name that she's given. It's so good. Like, you're just heading to grandma's house and it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> gotta do this. <laughs> like... It's, like, it's like you got a flat tire, like on the way to Thanksgiving. Like, oh yeah. no! Well, I'll stop by at the plaid pantry on the way to Grandma's, and then like plaid pantry is a multi-level dungeon that goes deep into the earth, <laughs> like, and you need to get them fucking red vines. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there, there's definitely the, the, it articulates in some nuanced ways, uh, but uh, but it, it doesn't really come out an awful lot in the actual play. That, I, I mean, I guess I, that's what I, I was getting um, at. Is like, yeah. That's where we're going to focus on is the gaminess, because as you know, the, the lore stuff's there, but like we're really it's it's the straw <laughs> at the bottom of the, the you know the <laughs> soda. Like it is, uh, we're we're trying to find that stuff, and there's not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly we're going to be talking about these hallways. Spend a lot of time in. And these very boxy rooms. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what's cool about this, and uh, something that I, that I don't really remember from uh, from the the little bit of Kingsfield that I played, Gary, you can confirm, um, is that light is uh, it, it's it's really important here. Like the the, the title is uh, is meaningful as you're mm-hmm. kind of trying to find ways to you know light up rooms with torches or with items and things like that. That can give you a little bit of an advantage as you are trying to make do with these limited resources in a survival horror kind of way. Yeah, it's it's way darker than Kingsfield is, and it uses the technological limitations I think really well. Yeah. Um, so darkness and draw distance um, are used to really great effect. Yeah. Here, and that also is just leaning into the survival horror. Like we said, it's a horror game, but it's also got a lot of survival mm-hmm. horror elements. Yeah. Uh, which is really interesting to see. Um, kind of like uh, one to see any take on survival horror that isn't patterned after Resident Evil, mm-hmm. like you know explicitly or implicitly. Like yeah. that happened. Even you know games are very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much have the, the Resident Evil mold, you know? Yeah. Um, this is a real different kind of take on those problems of resource scarcity yeah. and and stuff. So it's it's interesting to see. Yeah, like this is, you know, we're going to get to this when we talk about the equipment, but this is a game about privation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, absolutely. And 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 on the flip side of that, it's a game about, uh, you know, being, being thrifty and being deprived in the early game. And mm-hmm. then that just turning into like this ended up being really weirdly one of my favorite kind of empowerment games <laughs> i played in a long time because like you start off so shit on and you end so awesome yeah the way that i describe it it's like a slingshot almost mm-hmm. you get this in in a lot of froms games that we've that, that we've covered where it's slow going at the beginning but like you are you know struggling against the tension of this system that is set up here only to feel like you're moving backwards until there's some critical point in one of these worlds, uh, and it, it'll be different depending on who you are, um, that just propels you straight to the end. Like once I got past like Fire World and let's say let's say water as well, like the back half of the game just flew. Yeah, you just you just you just do great. Like you have the systems, you have the resources and stuff, mm-hmm. and you just like this amazing feeling to me. Um, and then this will come out when we talk about this stuff. But I really love this game. Mm-hmm. Um, this this uh, really amazing feeling of mastery of this thing that was so hostile and, and strange. <laughs> and it, it just like and that was the, the you know the Dark Souls tie right. Like mm-hmm. you never get that powerful in Dark Souls. Like Dark Souls ramps up challenges more elegantly. Yeah. Um, so it's always hard. But this was just like. That same kind of like it was a it was a cousin feeling to that like I can get through the berg in two minutes <laughs> feeling like it's just like oh I fucking own this like this yeah. this is me nothing that this game is going to do now is going to actually destroy me at even though the you know I restarted like ten times <laughs> in the beginning from <laughs> dying too. in like the first two rooms new game new game yeah new game. New, like just constantly because you just die and it's like oh I used too many potions like I can't do like I'm not gonna make it <laughs> um, and then eventually just having this like just amazing feeling of mastery like really mm-hmm. works for me and and that is a from soft kind of kind of touch and and i love it here too yeah um make no mistake though this is uh this is challenging cuisine um yes. it is very yeah, much yeah. of its era and you know a lot of our fans you know when when, when we announce this they try to go along and they're like I- i'm out because yeah, of because of the out. you know and i don't i don't blame them 
<laughs> Be- because, mm-hmm. because that first hump feels so insurmountable and you know like this is this is you know of its era it's late in the era in fact the, 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 they, they they stuck with this scheme much longer than they should have but even just moving around is uh, like on the regular control scheme it's just on like very very clunky and un- unintuitive like i'm talking no game uses the shoulder buttons as much as this one does and it really benefits from being on a vita um because you're able to map it around like serendipitously to this twin stick shooter kind of kind of feel yeah like the way to play this is either on a vita or on an emulator where you can remap the controls mm-hmm. um and if you do that it becomes kind of like a just a slow first person <clears throat> dual stick uh action game yeah before that what it feels like the clunkiness that it feels like reminded me of like ultima underworld yeah Right. Like it had like it's a it's a PC game interface mapped onto a controller. <laughs> so like you have these little things like R2 being looked down, which is egregious. And, <laughs> and you have to look down constantly. It's not for like navigation. Right. Which, and it's which, not which for just be, like looking at the scenery either. Right. And if, if that were the case, like fine, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's enemies that are low. You have to look down to hit enemies that are high. You have to mm-hmm. look up to hit. And without being able to kind of move and do those things elegantly at the same time, mm-hmm. um, it's really hard to to take advantage of your your defensive options in this game, which tend to be kind of, you know, like manually dodging. Right. right? Like, and, and so it just felt like, uh, it felt the same way when I played those very, very early kind of PC 3D games. Yeah. Even though this came out, way later than that like if this was a pc game yeah if this came out as a pc game like it'd have mouse looking it would be great but the fact that <laughs> you know like it's a playstation game means that they had to come up with this workaround that like yeah that you have to work around yourself and like a lot of the love that i have for this game if i had to stick with that original control scheme or play it on playstation i don't know if i would have got, yeah. ever got used to it yeah it's a, it would be a game that you would have to play with with your uh index and middle finger just constantly on there like and eventually you could probably remap those neurons and learn the muscle memory yeah. required to do the dancing that like some of the harder bosses downright require you to do yeah specifically with strafing right and you know and aiming spells and stuff like that like you could get these results but i think that when the when the option is available i I don't think that compromises the intended design of the game all it does is make it easier to do what the what they really wanted you to be able to do that's i mean i think that's true like i don't i don't hold it against the game i just mean like i would have had a worse experience Mm -hmm. and i think that at this point like hiding kind of a shitty experience behind a bad control scheme like this like that hap like you can play doom with mouse look if you want to Mm -hmm. you know like that's like a thing so it is. I think it is a okay and and recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other elements to it that are also um, we you know weirdly hostile. <laughs> uh, you know because uh, you, you it's such a you can like track the progress of the from software games in speed of combat from like the early <laughs> Kingsfield games to, to Bloodborne. Yeah, and this is so slow. Yeah, right. Like it is. It is. It's familiar. It's the same basic principles, right? Like the the defining FromSoft combat feature is how important uh, stamina is Mm -hmm. um and that's that hasn't gone anywhere but it's so much slower like everything moves slower and to compensate for that like you don't have the dodge roll or -hmm. anything you just have to be able to actually physically move your avatar out of the way right um while managing the stamina meter um that uh Again, it doesn't work exactly like the the Dark Souls, Demon Souls one, but it's the same mm-hmm. basic principle. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it is closest to the Kingsfield Four one, yes. which like yeah. if you're going into this and you don't know what that rapidly growing meter does, and you're just like attack, attack, attack. If you're treating this like Diablo, you're going to be doing zero damage, and the, you're going to die to the first slide. Well, and your sword's going to die. Right. Like you cannot 
wasting attacks in this game is really, really not to be done. Like it is, it is something to avoid mm-hmm. um, because of uh, what we'll talk about when we talk about equipment. But <laughs> um, yeah, and and I ended up really liking this system. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I like stamina systems and in, in games too. Like yeah. just in general. Yep, and also you know, like you're managing range. Like you're watching these animations and kind of doing the dip in, dip out. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of thing like it's uh the, you, you can feel you can feel kind of the house style developing in the yeah. rhythm and the, the rhythm that is kind of mandated by the systems yep um whereas the rhythm is more about dipping in and dipping out rather than shields because unlike uh you know kingsfield 4 where you played where the shield is just a defensive bonus mm-hmm. here you can actually raise the shield like a like a first person <laughs> yep <laughs> but one um you actually raise it in front of your face which like <laughs> realistically yeah yeah realistic <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it kind of unusable. And two, like no shields provide a hundred percent like physical right. reduction. And unless you spec for it, the 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 animation of raising and lowering your shield mm-hmm. will take too much time, you know, to, for you to make it really feasible to trade blows. Yeah, like with characters, n- no enemy telegraphs enough for you to be able to like see that they're going to attack and hold it up. I think. Well, I could do that. I just couldn't get it down in time to do a counterattack. Right. You know, and it just, I would still take damage. So it ended up not being really worth it. Yeah. Uh, they're really useful for some situations. Yeah. Um, like for ambient uh, kind of kind of damage, either through AOEs or cer- certain traps that fire things at you. Like you always want to have one of these uh, kind of equipped. Um, in fact, you always want to have two of them, one on your arm and one on your back because they turn into rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can also attack. So you have your melee options here with a you know variety of weapons that all have different kind of swing arcs and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. similar to a souls. Um, and you also have magic spells mm-hmm. uh, in this game. And here's a tip because the game does not communicate this very well, if at all. Um, you do have magic. You can get it relatively early on, like in the first real world, like after the, the uh, tutorial. Um, but you have to equip a ring. Um, which, you know, is kind of a quest item in the early game, um, and then also equip the spell. So different rings can have different spell effects, and as you get kind of different uh, masteries of rings from different elements, you get access to different to different spells, but you have to, um, you know, do kind of this rain dance around holding the button and then also pressing another button uh, to, yeah. uh, to get them to fire. Well, you can, it's not a, you don't have to have uh, the button held and then press the next button, which I thought. You can tap them in quick succession. Oh, neat. Um, which makes it a lot quicker. So if you just tap circle triangle or circle square real quick, you'll do. Yeah. Well, I, I mapped uh, I mapped my attacks to the shoulder buttons on the Vita. So yeah, no. So so did I. I kept them mapped on the face pad though for mm-hmm. spells. Oh wow. So like I, I mapped them to the shoulder shoulder buttons, but then would use the face buttons just for magic. Okay. Um, and it worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So the uh, your rings will show up, and they're mandatory. Oh god. Like, you yeah. don't when we when I said you can do different kind of builds like. You more or less you are balancing out to a jack of all trades no matter what mm-hmm. in this game just because um, you can't afford to be picky absolutely yeah the resources are too scarce and the world is too hostile to not use everything at mm-hmm. your advantage like you have to shake off uh too good to use syndrome mm-hmm. pretty quickly yeah in this game and um, that's and, not really a thing and also your build is so dependent on what you're wearing like there's no there's no minimum requirement to put anything on and um the bonuses that you get from a lot of stats are roughly equivalent to what your regular stats would be depending on where you yes. get where, where you get that uh piece of equipment um, there's no reason not to be wearing the best armor you can uh you can wear for its weight right until it breaks and then you have to put on the next best and then the next yes. best and and you know so don't uh don't let things break um <laughs> so that is that is the number one thing that i wish i had and the game actually does tell you this at some point um i think i read it in the manual uh 
but this is the number one thing I wish I had done differently in my early game is just don't let things break. Um, you know, no matter what, because it is, it's so expensive to fix things once they've broken. And so compared to like, so you will end up going through, uh, the game has like a finite amount of health potions. It feels like. Yeah. The eventually world. the uh, merchant stopped selling them. So, too. Yeah. And I definitely bought him out. Um, yeah, you have a finite amount of health potions and a finite amount of enemies that can drop them. So eventually you can just run out of ways to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you're going to use a much smaller percentage of that resource. And we'll talk about how those are interconnected in a second. Yeah. Um, if you let things break. Right. Um, I did it. I, I shouldn't have. Usually, <laughs> But eventually it just happened on accident. Yeah. Or when I was truly desperate and needed that last squeeze of a spell mm-hmm. to get through an area. Yeah. Oh, and rings deteriorate as you cast too. So Everything deteriorates. <laughs> yep. Everything turns to dust. Yes, you're like you're you're a rust monster. You never see your actual character until the very end, but he's actually a bug. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because this was supposed to be you're given like when you first go in a magic sword, and like I have to think to be to be kind to the game. I think it is just the corrupting elephant or the corrupting elephant, <laughs> the corrupting elements of the shadow tower is the evil corrupting elephant. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll never forget to destroy your sword. <laughs> Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I like to think that it's just the evil of this place that does it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it gets a little bit hard to manage too, because you can't really predict where enemies are going to be. There's, you know, there, there are patterns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're kind of like almost uh, like sets of enemies that can spawn in. And so the difficulty of an area is, uh, is not only somewhat random, um, but as you kill enemies, they're replaced with new ones. And so yes. what's kind of funny about it is like there are uh, there is a completion percentage and also certain enemies will only spawn if you kill all the rest of them. And those enemies will drop game breaking equipment. The uh, you know what it reminds me of? The, and this is a weird comparison is it's like doing the genocide run in Undertale. Oh, yeah. Where like you just have to walk around doing random encounters until everything <laughs> is gone from the area. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't recommend anyone do in Undertale and I don't recommend <laughs> anybody do in here. Like I did, I cleared out the first couple of floors because I needed the strength. Yeah. But eventually once I was strong enough, I didn't, because people do this, you know, they want to collect, like you can access a stat screen that show what percentage of items you've received and everything. Mm-hmm. So people try to get a hundred percent completion in this game, um, right. but uh, you know, not me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's how you, how you do it. And what that means is like when you go into a room, it's just, it's really a toss up if it's going to be like the hardest room in the game or not. <laughs> um, and that's, I'm glad that's something that, that from totally ditched. Yeah. Because uh, that, that kind of chess like, you know, uh, you know, planning your approach thing is something I love in Souls and mm-hmm. is not the case here. Um, but it did mean I managed to get past some really hard areas that I was maybe under leveled for mm-hmm. um, in a good way. Like I got there and then was able to begin to experience with some easier things because the, the difficulty wall in this game is by no means or the difficulty is by no means like a slope. Mm-hmm. Um, you can fight a really, really hard room and get to a room after it, which has really comparatively easy enemies right? Uh, pretty regularly. Um, there are a lot of stats to manage, but there are really only three that you need to, um, actively build. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, somebody wrote in, uh, in the, in the appendix for this saying, yes, it's, it's, it's amazing that this is just something that from does. Yeah. <laughs> Which is completely obfuscate, uh, what you're putting points into. This, this is out of all of them. This is, this feels like the worst <laughs> yep. about, about that. It's kind of amazing um like what the what the stats mean because the, the names just feel like like random joke stats <laughs> balance yeah so balance is poise mm-hmm. so you just have to just have to know that right like and there's <laughs> nothing really like i read the manual i looked online to find what these things were and eventually mm-hmm. found a, a form that explained it hmm. but the but it, it's not presented by the game really in any way 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, like you don't have to actively decide which of these you're going to put in. There are there are items you can you can consume these soul pods. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, really you just want to put those into your physical stats. Like strength is, is, is above all else, um, like strength and speed, uh, with Cause, cause strength also determines your HP. Yes. And um, which also determines your equipment burden. Yeah. But this is like, uh, it, 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 progression is handled through action, right? It's a uh, Lamarckian evolution. It's Morrowind. You know, everything you do raises a stat. It, it is, but it's a weird twist on that mm-hmm. because the, um, in Morrowind, uh, swinging a sword makes you better at swinging a sword. In Shadow Tower, as near as I can tell, enemies just have stats associated with them. Mm-hmm. And when you kill that enemy by no any means, they raise that stat. Mm-hmm. So there's an enemy that's a sword enemy. You kill him with a bow, you get better at swinging a sword. Right. Um, or you kill him with magic or what have mm-hmm. you. So you're still getting better at doing things by doing things, but it's a mm-hmm. really weird approach to it. Yeah. Um, again, there's nothing on the, you know, the, the, when you, there's a bestiary, a really extensive bestiary I didn't spend very much time with. Oh, I love that thing. Um, it's really, it's really great. Um, and that kind of tells you what stat an enemy is associated with, mm-hmm. if I recall. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the but the grand effect is you really don't have a lot of control over how you grow. Exactly. And you, does, you're just going to get better. Right. And it do, and and to to an extent, like aside from strength and stuff, it doesn't matter again because of that because of that equipment boost that you get to those stats. Right. Yeah. You're always getting new equipment, and that's important because as we've alluded to several times, the just it's made of paper. Yeah, it's it's made of paper, and it's the number one thing you're managing in this game. It's the reason why it's a survival horror game. Is me- if you think of every sword you have as a gun with limited ammo, <laughs> um, and you you just have to refill it at these specific stations, like it kind of works. Like one of the things about this game is that like save points aren't really bonfires, repair shops are, mm-hmm. um, because that's how you're going to get replenished. Right is 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 through being able to heal your equipment back up. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to do that when you when you talk about real quick on the level up thing um it's not as incremental as morrowind is mm-hmm. like there are there are enemies um near like the mid late game where like i would kill the enemy and gain 200 hit points after killing them mm-hmm. like it, you can start a room and end up appreciably stronger by the end of it yeah um you know if it's the right kind of enemy so it's not it's satisfying in a way that those other kind of like real micro uh <laughs> increases or increase increasement uh micro <laughs> micro increasing uh, micro improvements yeah. improvements uh aren't usually for me right and, and this one they are because they're sometimes it's huge the, the, yeah and the important distinction from uh from morrowind and oblivion is that yeah it's impossible to level up the wrong way yes yes exactly like you're not um there's no curve to it it's not like it takes more enemies to level up the further you get into it um it is just you know this enemy is worth this much mm-hmm. um equipment so the the Equipment determines your stats, as we mentioned. Um, one of the things that's interesting is when you... So when an item is about to break, you get a little shield with an X next to it um, on the side of the screen. And uh, that just shows that it's in danger. It has three uses left or less. Um, the way you repair equipment are these little dwarfs who are in shops. We'll talk about shops. Um, who trade you... You use your HP mm-hmm. to do it. Like They, they uh, suck out your life to heal your stuff. Down to the degree where, like, if you come and you're really wounded, they say you're in no shape to do this. <laughs> like, you're you're too much of a mess <laughs> to even do this. Like, I can't do this without killing you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in this weird way, health potions end up becoming repair potions as well. Yeah. 
Um, and that's important because every health um, potion cures you 100%. So, yes. you you know, it's it's a regular dance that you do to just heal yourself down to the brink of death and then, you know, or yeah, repair, repair yourself down to the brink of death and then heal up so you can start again. Yes. And uh, a little pro tip there is uh, once you've done so, um, repair your highest HP increasing equipment mm -hmm. because then you'll get more bang for your buck when you take your potion. Um, so you'll be able to repair more right. after that. So repair all your high HP that stuff first because weirdly, like you need HP to wear things, <laughs> uh, but then you also, you know, uh, get HP from items right. as well. Um, as far as I can tell, that's kind of the function of, of armor. So it's kind of funny how souls turns experience into money, and this is that this has turned health into money. Yeah, because like the, the, there is currency. There are these things called cunes. Um, yes. but, um, but really like they, they are just a token currency that you, you pick up one of these rocks and then you hand it to a snake lady and she gives you a health potion and that is real money. And, <laughs> and they are, uh, pretty rare. Yeah. Like cunes. Like, yeah, you know, I, the, the most expensive thing that you can buy with cunes, I think is like 17 cunes. Mm -hmm. Um, and you usually find them just with one of them at a time. Right. Um, yeah. And, and similar to souls, this is just a minor thing, but like, don't buy uh, weapons. You'll find better stuff. <laughs> right. Um, it's a trick. It is. It's totally a trick. Like it looks cool to get the keenest broadsword because, like, <laughs> gee golly. Um, but, but it's uh, it is it is definitely a trap to steal yeah. your cunes. As far as I'm concerned, you know, you should just spend cunes on on the one mandatory item and then health potions. Right. And then like um, still like status for status healing healing stuff. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And and Dorota, Dor Doritos ashes. Uh, <laughs> the the Dorito dust at the bottom of a the bag they use to repair your stuff, <laughs> which barely helps. But again, you can't afford to take like throw away any incremental advantage. Right. In the first half, so like that Doritos ashes, you you throw that on your your ring, you get three more casts. That that mm -hmm. could mean you know beating a boss or not. Right. Um, for sure. Yeah, it's very much a last ditch kind of thing. But yeah. it, heal, it, like, it repairs everything, so it's best to use when you're the most desperate. Yes, and when and multiple pieces of your equipment are desperate. Mm -hmm. um, it re repairs everything you're wearing. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, This ended up like, I don't, you know, this worked for me. Like this weird intersection of health and equipment mm -hmm. and enemies and exploration, I think is really elegant in a weird yeah. way. Once you figure it out, like yeah. elegant, like it's like elegant, maybe that's not right. It stands up. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's like a rickety tower that like <laughs> is made up of four different things you wouldn't expect. Mm -hmm. It's like a raider base in Fallout. <laughs> but it's like it's secure. Like after I came to really appreciate it, like mm -hmm. once I figured out this rhythm of like all these things are interconnected in a way I don't see in games. Right. And it's just different enough from what I've seen while still being similar to like make me really uh pause and appreciate it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I I can't just like plug into this and say like, oh, I know this. And, and and kind of go for it. And you're right. It is it is such a closed loop in a lot of ways. And and it just makes you think about you. I made considerations in this game I'm not used to making. Mm -hmm. You know, like this idea of like I need to maybe if I if I spend a lot of my health to fix this sword, I might be able to make a little bit of in you know inroad into this one path that has really strong enemies. Mm -hmm. They'll probably increase my stats. So when I come to this other area. I'll be better, yeah. but that's going to require my take my health. So I need to be really careful. Like all these kind of different risk reward situations that mm -hmm. sets up on this micro level. Yeah, uh, that I think really work. Um, kind of, kind of a uh, the flip side of this, you know, where somebody's mileage might vary is that there's a lot more kind of menu management um, in this game than there are in other kind of games we've spoken about here mm -hmm. um and you know it's a ps1 era uh interface so it's not it's not the greatest or the most or, or the most elegant um there were times which is kind of like oh man i've got to go in and 
um, figure out which one of these things I need to equip. You know, it's almost like there's a little bit too much information. It ultimately didn't detract from me. Like, I'm happy the system exists as it did just because it is so cool. But that also, I, I can see that being something somebody would bounce off of. Totally. Like, it, it is, it is, uh, takes, it's clunky. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to spend a lot of time in menus. And, like, the, one of the more joyous things that can happen in this game, and another thing that we didn't mention that is a way that these systems interplay uh, with each other, is that uh, the only way that you can sell things is you can trade them for one health potion. <laughs> um, so once you can get to the point where you're comfortable decluttering your inventory, that's a yeah. great feeling. Yep. Like, yeah. I have mastered this enough to where, like, I don't need to hold on to weapons I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you can roll into the end game with, like, five weapons you really like. Yeah. Um, as opposed to 20 yeah, because, that, that you don't. Because you're sacrificing those ones that you don't in order to make the ones you like better and to keep them yes. in, in fighting condition longer. And keep yourself in fighting condition longer. So like decluttering and making that easier. And they, they kind of have some nods to it. Like you can equip a backup weapon mm-hmm. um, on each each arm. Again, they're rings. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they become rings. Um, but you can switch to them so you can, you know, not have to go into the menu. But mm-hmm. it doesn't help with like you actually using items at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, one of the things, so we talked about the, the systems a lot, and we'll we'll talk about that more as it pops up, but the one of the big reasons why this game has kind of a cult following and a thing it has in common with Souls is this atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And this atmosphere is carried over almost entirely through its aesthetics. Right. Yep. So we talked about how how scary it is, how uh, how how dark it is, and kind of this uh, the sense of claustrophobia just by the structure where you're going down and you can kind of feel the weight of the world above you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something that uh, uh, got mixed reviews when this came out and was a little bit off putting if I wasn't just listening to podcasts the entire time I was playing uh, was the fact that there is no music in this game. And uh, there are only uh, attack sounds because people complained about Kingsfield. <laughs> the, uh, the Yeah. And because the attacks ta- in Kingsfield, it's very hard to know when you're hitting something. <laughs> when you successfully landed a hit. Um, the no music thing ended up working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily uh, in the kind of darker, scarier areas. Mm-hmm. It made it darker and scarier for me. Um, there's a level later that we'll be talking about next episode that is supposed to be the kind of payoff for this. Where mm-hmm. you actually need sound yeah. um, in a way. But hearing the the enemies make really weird sounds and just hearing those off in the distance was like genuinely creepy for me. Yes. In a way that it wouldn't be if there was a soundtrack on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, like during parts where I was like going back and killing enemies to level up and stuff, I just <laughs> threw on the Ancient City soundtrack, which like works really well <laughs> for it. I was going to say, like, how awesome would it be if there was just another Ancient City soundtrack we could have? Like it wouldn't, wouldn't fit the tone of this at all, but. I wonder if it's the same uh, same person because the actual one piece of title music for this that we'll probably have to use for both episodes. Well, there's the, 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 the there's the music from the opening cinematic and the one from the closing. Yep. Yes. Well, I figured we put the closing one at the end, so we'll probably <laughs> end up using both those pieces of music twice. Um, <laughs> It'll be but an easy but music, an easy yeah, but boring edit. Yes. Um, the the music in the beginning kind of sounds like Ancient City music to me, mm-hmm. um, and it, it is re- it's really really good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, kind of a, a distinct choice. Oh, also, uh, I remember what I was going to say about that. Uh, the enemy sounds help you locate hidden doors. Yes. Because you can hear uh, skeleton bones rattling around back there. Yeah. And that, that really worked for me, too. Like mm-hmm. it, it uses the silence to good effect, I think. Yeah. Um, the other thing it uses to good effect uh, is that these are like... I'm real close to saying favorite. I think I think as a set, this might be my favorite set of enemy designs in a Souls Oh game. gosh, so, it's so good! Like it's so fucking weird. Yeah, like this, like th- th- this borders on comedic 
There are so many just goofy and evocative, like Monster Manual one, like yes. illustrations come to life kind of uh, kind of things just running around. You know, you, you got a couple of your standards. You got your skeletons and your reptiloid knights or whatever. But then you have like pitcher plants that jump around. You know, the, those are those are such the exception. Like the standard, like goblins skeletons like like and ogres are the exception so much mm -hmm. when like because why would you do that when you could do like you know uh, uh like the the laser <laughs> the like, laser plants yeah la laser plants or like uh those those uh, yeah you mentioned the pitcher plants because those things have an amazing sound effect <laughs> uh, when they jump but like everything is just like what if it's just the weirdest like you, you said cole said something really great on slack i'm not taking credit for this but he said <laughs> it's like what if uh Dark Souls was just basilisks. <laughs> like, and that that's pretty, pretty close. Like, even though I think the designs are even more outlandish than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's it's that same level of just like, why if we want to unsettle the player, we can't unsettle them with zombies. Right. Like, let's let's really swing for the fences here. And, and it's and, like they, they know the limitations of the tech. Like they know, you know, this is going to be relatively low poly kind of stuff. So we can't go for high detail. Like, what can we represent? That is mm -hmm. that, that, that that still feels other, and they went cartoony. Yeah, and it, and it just with with the silence and with how disempowered you are. Like, I've never been scared of like a goofy spring loaded pitcher plant. <laughs> you know, I'm scared of regular pitcher plants. But I'm just the, way they, the way they stick to walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in real life, like they're they're terrifying. Like I just had you know wake up one day and one of them is growing on my wall and I didn't plant it there. You know, <laughs> it's like well that's it. I'm suicide for me. And then I just slit my throat and that's the end of. And to me, that was the story of me. I woke <laughs> up and because one of my roommates punked me with a, a pitcher plant. Um, but the uh, it is it's weird what this game makes you scared of mm -hmm. uh, that are that are not on paper scary, but are scary because of how incongruous they are. I, I uh, would I would love to know what the design process was behind this. Like I, yes. I wish that there was a, a design work. I wish this wasn't just kind of like relegated to the like to the dark corners of history. Yeah. Um, because like it feels like they just found somebody's sketchbook and like, here we go. Like yeah. the you know, and some of them don't feel appropriate for the places where they're at, but like the fact that they stick out makes them fit in. Um, yeah, it just, it it's, just it's like they it's like they designed the monsters first and like, okay, what's the world we can put around them? Well, if you go back to like the every season of Bonfire Side Chat we've done, listen to us be effusive about goofy monster designs. Like every time a basilisk shows up, you know, like every time like the, you know, the new mimics in Dark Souls 2, mm -hmm. like anything or the, you know, the Chaos Eaters and Lost Isolith, anytime something like that shows up, like we freak out <laughs> because that shit is great. Like doing doing this, this wild, wild imaginative things because like monsters can be anything. Mm hmm. Like, they don't have to all be bipedal people who, you know, they used to be people. They can be <laughs> anything. Like, why not make them, you know, oh, I put a different animal's head on this human. Who gives a fuck, man? Like, <laughs> like go crazy. <laughs> and, and like, th that's what this does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's funny is I, I, I went back and looked at this because so much of Shadow Tower has been, you know, thrown into the memory hole. And, you know, uh, a, a website that I use for a lot of abject suffering research is Moby Games, which just has a complete database of who has worked on what games. Mm -hmm. um and i was like okay well let's let's see what the staff is here's something that i kind of knew about from but like didn't really know until i confirmed it like they hold on to staff like crazy like people mm -hmm. who are working for them in the mid 90s are like producers and project managers for them now so this was produced by uh shinichiro nishida um who uh went on to produce kingsfield 4 um, which would probably lend to some of the unified aesthetics there um and also was a project manager on dark souls 2 oh okay yeah. Yeah. 
uh, well, good work. <laughs> like uh, I like all those games. <laughs> so so just a little bit there. Like it's got that Nishida touch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody, when this game came out, everyone hated it. <laughs> yep. Um, this would have been like abject suffering if we did abject suffering in 1990. Like people would have would have suggested it. Yeah. So um, so I grabbed some quotes from reviews just so we could uh, so we could look at not to gloat because like people bounced off of this. People still don't like this game very much, and I feel like we're you know we're doing a little bit of a service. God damn it, where's our parade? No, yeah. like like <laughs> I, I'm I'm happy we're able to go into this and that 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 I got over the hump so we can like come back and tell the tale. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Gaming Age called it a piss poor effort that I that not even fans of the genre should check out. Yeah, well, it's like what even is the genre though? Like, like <laughs> that, that is such a weird statement. Like, this is not like if like the, if the genre is like Doom. Like, <laughs> what is the, the you know the, the genre for this? Um, PlayStation Illustrator and and all these things are not are not really things anymore. <laughs> so so what outlived you, PlayStation Illustrated? That's right, Shadow Tower. If Einstein's so smart, why is he dead? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you mean that I'm even better than the Great Caruso? Uh, <laughs> later, Daryl Strawberry. Um, <laughs> But yeah, PlayStation Illustrated, Illustrated called the graphics uh, inexcusable. Um, <laughs> and PSX Nation said it would be quickly forgotten among the other releases in 1999, which is actually probably true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it just strangely became available on PSN like in October or September yeah. or something like that. We got emails saying like, hey, you should totally do this. Um, and yeah, like we mentioned before, this is the best way to play uh, the, the best way to play this is on the ps vita so you can do that uh that that uh remapping i don't know how much i would encourage you to do this on a ps3 without that ability mm -hmm. um just it just recognize that you are signing yourself up for like a world of shit because even in the best of conditions we bounced off of like well like it, it resisted our advances yeah v vita or emulator where you can remap the controls yes. like still buy it on vita so you're not pirating it but yes. um and like i would love to like buy this on Vita so you can send a signal that like I want Kingsfield one and two <laughs> yeah. uh, on my Vita. Like I have those games mm -hmm. in PlayStation 4, but I'd much rather play them on my portable system. Um I mean the reason why it was released, it's like it's mysterious, but it's also because souls are huge. Yep. Um and this is, you know, as we'll we'll talk about and was we we already talked about, like there is a direct line. Mm -hmm. Like this this is an influence to Demon Souls in a huge way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about the plot, Cole. Well, long ago, a cataclysm befell the kingdom and continent of Eclipse. And all of this information is in the manual. Uh, very little is in the actual game. But there was a great king who presided over this tower that was kind of at the crossroads of the nation. And he wore this horned crown that had a single eye on it, kind of this Sauron kind of thing. And one day, this eye opened, and it laid waste to the land around the tower. Right, which immediately makes me think of a bailet, um, <laughs> you know, which is that kind of thing. Um, the the uh, there's some other information around this as well from from the manual and stuff. So I get that like there's these weird little these things don't matter, right? <laughs> right. And I, I was trying to like look up lore, and there's like one dude who did a couple of game facts posts that are really good, mm -hmm. um, you know. But it's again, he never finished it. Yeah. And stuff. And I think that the I think the world is called Eclipse mm -hmm. um, rather than the continent. And there's this whole thing about there's like seven kings and they have seven towers they they maintain. Hmm. So this is one of the towers, I think. Okay. Yeah. I know that I know that there the are seven towers. there are seven knights too that you get down here. Yeah. yeah seven, seven well and one leader. So there are eight knights that went down, which is like in the most story rich chapter in the game, which is like the, the first, you know, first two. <laughs> uh where we end up fighting that first boss of the game in the earth world. But like there's there's seven seven different kingdoms seven different towers and everyone maintains them mm -hmm. um, is the idea and then this thing happened with the, this eye 
opening. Um, th- this kingdom got rebuilt and forgotten, and these mercenaries started popping up um, to serve this specific king. Um, you know, this is kind of the strife in the kingdom. And we play as our Rus, uh, R-U-U-S. <laughs> which, which, real quick, as, as a aside, I know we have a lot of recording to do today. Um, <laughs> somebody was talking about Star Wars. Did you know that in Star Wars Extended Universe, Luke Skywalker has two clones, one mm-hmm. of which is named Luke, and the other one is named Luke with oh, three yeah. U's. Yeah. Do you, do you do you know about Big Luke? No. No. It's 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 a it's a, a fan theory that there are two Luke Skywalkers with one U, and one is just slightly higher, or is slightly one is just slightly on that dang thing. No, no, just slightly taller. And there are all kinds of other. Uh, there's a whole wiki with screenshots comparing his height to uh, Harrison Ford's and Han Solo's. Um, to determine w- which version of Luke is in which scenes. That's fucking the worst. I know. Like, like, Wars <laughs> is so stupid. Like, I, I recognize people like it, uh-huh. but like, so there's somebody out there who's taking that. Scene. Oh, there's Luke, and then there's Luke, and, and there's, then there's Big Luke, Luke, and Big Luke. That's so goddamn dumb. Like, <laughs> that is yeah. so amazingly stupid. Like, there are people dedicating their lives to this world where there's Luke, Luke, and Luke. Yeah. That is I. It is the worst. And then they're, they're, Big Luke comes up from behind. Just like, put, a, put aside all the other Lukes. There are people dedicating their lives. Like, the Abyss Walker? I'm so, like, uh, uh, like, that's the bottom of the ocean, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just heading that one off at the pass. I know. It is. Uh, uh, the Abyss Walker is cool, though. It's just, so it'd be like, if you imagine if, the, like, just, just to put it, because we're dedicating our lives to Dark Souls, like, what if, like, if there was Ornstein, but there's also Ornstein and mm-hmm. Ornstein? Like, it's just like, who we, couldn't come up with a cooler name for clones than just adding an extra vowel? Uh, we, we'd, we'd, we'd find a way. I, I just, <laughs> we just, I, we just I, call it funny and say, like, oh, man, like, how, how, how goofy is it that they did that? Yeah, but somebody had to write a book. Yep. Like, somebody wrote that as a book. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I just, uh, I don't know. It is, yeah. it is. Yeah. Fucking Luke, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to join you on that particular high ground. <laughs> it, it's no, it's it's all right. You can. Uh, I will. I will stand alone on that. It is this is ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> a lot of things yeah. are stupid. A lot of things are stupid. This seems like the the Luke clones thing was the stupidest thing that I learned in a while. Um, so I like to imagine that Roos. There was originally just a Russ, and then Roos like got added through that same kind of naming convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roos Hardy uh, is one of these mercenaries who we play as, mm-hmm. and he was raised by Granny at the foot of this tower. Um, <laughs> Gr- Granny, capital G. So this is a proper noun. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, she's an apple. <laughs> and the um, you're heading. There's a village at the, at the end of the tower, and he goes to kind of check her out and finds out that the the village has been raised and the tower is gone. It's this crumbling ruin that we see mm-hmm. in the opening cinematic. Yes, it's just this base of the tower. Yes. Um, and fortunately, the tower is not gone there. It's just, you know, we're, <laughs> they, they, they cut it off at the root. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's, I get the sense because it's inside. It's still suck, like structurally, structurally sound. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I get the idea of it just being literally inverted. Uh, but, like, but I mean, like some, you, some... you start out the dungeon, like I get the sense that you like you're like you the, the first floor of this is the basement, like the, the top of it's just gone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought I was thinking of it as still you're climbing a tower just in reverse. Hmm. Like, there's nothing to suggest that. It just, like, in my mind, it looked like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it, it just uh, it did in my head cannon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. A, we started in the basement. There are many, many sub basements. And we'll f- kind of find out a little bit about what this basement was used for. 
uh, as we move on. Yeah. Um, so once Rus uh, goes there, uh, there's an old monk who mistakes him uh, for a great hero. So he just kind of like, oh, you must be this elder or something. I forget what it says in the manual. Um, and tells him to venture into the sunken portion of the tower and kill the Dark Lords down there. Uh, because only if he releases those people's souls are they uh, you know, able to be revived. Right. And so yes. he gives him a single sword. Um, and then uh, sends him on his way. And this is this is you, and you're never called by Roos uh, in the game again. You're never called by anything again. Right. Like, it is just like, it's very, you get addressed by the bosses, but it's very, you know, yeah. there's not very much to you. I love how, uh, like, two things. I love that, uh, so one, it's like, that's your motivation, right? Like, your mm-hmm. grandma lived here. Yeah. Um, or granny, whoever granny is, like, lived here. So you want to restore her soul. But two, he gives you this magic sword because he says something like, you know, weapons, or it says this in the manual, like, weapons from the yeah. earthly realm won't work here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's like handing him and be like, this is good for six swings. You know, like, <laughs> well, no, it's like a starter. This... It's like he he knows you're going to burn through it, but once you're down there, you got to kill somebody, take their weapon, then you trade up. It's kind of like that guy who traded a paperclip um, around yeah. the world for uh, for a house. Yeah, it, it is very similar to that. Yeah, yeah. I just I love this, this magic sword that he imbues you, and it's like it's more or less disposable. <laughs> like it's more or less a prop sword. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I've already given the, dis- the 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 dismissive kind of summary of this. Uh, so, people who are listening, this is going to be a two part episode. I'm not sure how long each of these sections is going to be because this game is very resistant to our kind of normal approach um for, for for notes and such so um we're, we're going to be splitting this after the fire temple or after the fire world yes. um so it, or go ahead sorry no no i was just going to say so like if you are you know if you want to be taken by surprise by anything that happens in water world and beyond um then 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 recognize that Yes, uh, it resists, and it resists our normal approach in multiple ways. Um, the most obvious one being that so story light, but also keep in mind what we mentioned about the encounters being random. So like, mm-hmm. we can't even say like, oh, and then when you go into this room, which like, there's not a lot to demarcate that room in the first place. <laughs> um, there's that those three nights that cover each other. Well, maybe not for you, you know. So like, we can talk about the enemies you face and kind of how you deal with them, but it doesn't have that kind of thoughtful encounter design that that we're used to from the company, right? Um, but yeah, you begin right away on this, uh, on the, in the shower, shadow tower area, perched on this very narrow walkway and the door behind you is crumbled clothes, closed, uh, similar to the ancient city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're messing around with buttons. You're going to strafe <laughs> off the edge and die before you actually see an enemy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, it's not just like, Hey, continue. It's just like new game. <laughs> yeah. New game. Like, okay. Um, you know, but eventually you realize you have to go down and this is kind of, this is the, the tower. This is the mm-hmm. hub on which the, the entire game is kind of based around. Yes. And there are some areas where you can kind of do some jumping down to, um, you know, to kind of skip areas and the like, but we're not there yet. We mm-hmm. have to go through the human world, which is for all intents and purposes, kind of like a tutorial. Yes. Um, so this that is... teaches you nothing. It's just a slightly <laughs> easier area. <laughs> right. Uh, like the, it does not hold your hand in a way it respects you as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, disrespecting in some your ways, time. the shadow tower itself was a character. <laughs> yep, um, but uh, but yeah, this uh, this human world, it's kind of the the area that was closest uh, to once serving kind of these human needs, right? It's a, a B one. It's this uh, kind of like place where people were incarcerated. Um, and this doesn't really have a strong gameplay theme aside from being probably the bleakest green hill zone we've ever covered. It it is it is like the the rotting green hill zone, like. <laughs> There's some kind of notes, like lore notes we run into later, and like you get the idea that the people who were here um, were like the, the guy who did this GameFAQs post was kind of surmising that this was like a cult had taken up residence. Mm-hmm. 
here um because they you know they take joy in torture like this is like a graveyard that turns into torture chambers you know and turns into other ways of kind of hurting people so like right. it is already a bad scene like it is bleak with a capital b mm-hmm. um yeah uh, so, so you head down this into the solitary region um, each <laughs> world is is broken up into these regions yeah regions uh, or caverns or, or or such and such um yeah. and it's good that there's a title card because i would have no way to to distinguish a lot of these no, yeah, it's necessary. Yeah. Um, um so yeah, this is a mausoleum. Yeah, yeah. So you walk in and there's like this there there's this church and you are um introduced right away to enemies that will both destroy your equipment and poison you and also are some of the hardest to target in the game. Yes. So <laughs> getting slimes. past these guys is really like this is the this is the path. Like this yep. is the the real shadow tower starts here. Uh two steps in. Um so yeah, so you kind of got to get get around and you're kind of introduced to the the basic kind of principles of hitting guys or attacking them which is uh looking at their hurt box like how they attack and just getting on the other side of that Mm -hmm. if if you're able to and that stays true with these uh these spiders we run into the dark spiders um after this which move fast and have one of my like i love the noise these things make Mm -hmm. um that's so good because when these things are a real threat like and you think you've got them all but you can still hear one of them chittering like (laughs) Like off in a corner (laughs) yeah (laughs) like they uh i love it uh Mm -hmm. but the uh so these guys kind of dart yeah. Like they, they dart forward. So you want to be able to like have them dart just outside of, you know, you're just outside their range and then circle around to the side yeah, and kill them. Um, mm-hmm. The game has another kind of thesis that's laying out right away um, is this, the first spider you run to will drop a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just saying like weapons are plentiful. <laughs> like we are going to just give you weapons at random really frequently. Yeah. Um, which is good. And they're going to drop with like no durability left. So yeah, you need to like take care of these because guess what? You're not going to see a blacksmith in this entire region. You're going to yeah. maybe use some ashes of Dorado possibly. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, don't count on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so you kind of move through these mausoleums. There are these uh, skeletons on the walls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Loop. And uh, <laughs> this is where you can first start having the weird signaling of secret passageways. Yes. Because you hear some rattling on the other side of a wall and boy, oh boy, are you not equipped to deal with skeletons yet? Mm, in, cla- in classic Dark Souls fashion, skeletons <laughs> oh, yeah. are a little bit too much. Yeah, and like um, what's behind that is uh, it's it's a shortcut to the like the last area of this uh, of this world. So yes. like you're not ready for what's behind there either. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you yeah you want to pass that skeleton and you're going to be coming back here right yeah. like there's some some Metroidvania elements of like going back and getting treasure but the real reason I went back was like to, you know to utilize different shops and services but also just to clear out easy areas to gain some stats. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, you have that shortcut like that. That works the other way. So you're going to go through this uh, this door, this warp and then come out back in this place that's familiar to you. And I'm always going to love that feeling. Yes. Feel feel good about going through warps. Feel bad about dropping off ledges. <laughs> Ledge, ledges you have to consider. Oh, it is a dark vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Another game of warps and ledges. That's like that's like the all downhill, like souls equivalent of the board game. <laughs> you you never you you actually have to like like you you start playing you get to the ledge at the very beginning you go down and then you pull out a second board that shows the underworld of the the ledges game a a two-layer board game yeah yeah like i've seen i'm sure that's been done it's a super cool idea though i was also thinking about like shoots and ladders legacy (laughs) you bring out the second like board to do the the underworld where like ladders have limited uses yeah huh yeah, destroy this ladder forever. Rip <laughs> up this card. Yeah. Um, but you, eventually you move on after this uh, area, after you get through this graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, you get through. There's a new enemy here, too. Uh, there was, for me, the bats. 
And oh, the, right, right. The yeah, they, they shoot the uh, the concentric circles at you. Yeah, the, the sonic waves. And these guys are really hard to deal with, too. Like, yeah. at this point, every enemy you're running into is harder to deal with than the last. Right. And they're pinned to the ceiling, too. So now you have to look up. And uh, and what is it? The the attack does I forget. Does it slow you or does it paralyze you? Um, it doesn't paralyze. They don't introduce paralysis yet. OK. Um, I, and I thought it just hurt. I thought okay. this one just hurt. Um, there's yeah. like a slow effect, which I love is represented by a cartoon 10 ton weight. <laughs> um, like, uh, cause you know, that symbol makes a lot of sense in this world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, and, and you can see what they're doing, right? Like they're mm -hmm. saying, look down to fight enemies, look up to fight enemies, mm -hmm. you know, right off in the bat. Uh, right. eventually once you get through this graveyard though, you go into the hidden region. Yes. Which is the torture chamber. Yes. Yeah. So you see the rack, you see the, uh, the blood sluice on the floor. Um, it's all there. You even see the corpse thing on the other side of a cell wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep, yep. Um, and this first save point that you can get to in the entire game is like the end of this. <laughs> yep. So like you've gone through this whole area with those, those difficult monsters. You can run past shit again in, in souls fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, not recommended because right. you're not getting you're, better. You're not getting better. You're, you're much better off. You know, but there is permadeath. It's not like when you save or anything, you you keep your gains. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, there's no suicide runs in this game. Right. Um, we're introduced to the first Kuhn uh, uh, merchant here. Um, mm -hmm. I, I like this. Uh, and this is the first time where you realize there is voice acting in this game. Yes. Um, some it's of it's pretty good. <laughs> every time it shows up, it's really weird at the very least. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Like I wouldn't when, when I because so when we say merchant like we've been talking about merchants and stuff we didn't say that the way that you go to mer like merchants is through teleporting through headstones mm -hmm. um, so it seems like a like a minor detail to leave out like it is uh, so you just find a gravestone I it has a little gem on it I can click on it um, and then I got teleported to the shop where a naga tells me I'll stink up the place <laughs> it's like what. Um, and, the, and, the, and the reason being is I didn't have any cunes at the time. Mm. Um, so she only welcomes you there if you have cunes. Right. Or, or you get, maybe she, she doesn't say the stick, stink of the place. Maybe she just immediately rejects you. Oh. And, and the screen just fades up and then fades down. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? Like, um, but yeah, you have to, you have to have some cunes to, yeah. to browse. Yeah. Even if you have cunes, she's very worried about the stench of you. Yes. Yeah. You smell like human. Yes. Human. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love these uh, these corpse trees. Yeah, these casket enemies that uh, they, yeah. it's like a, a tree, a dead tree grew up around a skeleton. Yeah, these yeah. things are great. Mm -hmm. And also these tongue imps. Again, we're getting to uh, like this is an action pose for for a monster manual guy. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the, they're, they're called tongue imps because they walk around using their tongue as a pseudopod. Yes. Yeah. So just think on that. Mm -hmm. Like if you just uh, Google image search like shadow tower enemies, you'll get a good idea of what we're talking about. Yeah. Which I think is worth it. Like, I would love a, like, when you start talking about DesignWorks book, like, I want to know the stories of this, but I also would love just a monster manual based on this, this <laughs> like a gallery, like somebody do an Imgur gallery. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, boy, oh boy, that would take so much work it would totally <laughs> to, get, to get good. Uh, well, there's no, uh, there's no crosshair. So you could take good screenshots on the Vita yeah. and then just uh, crop it out. Yeah. Huh. I'm not going to yeah. do that. Somebody should. Even <laughs> just, even just the, uh, uh, the bestiary. Mm-hmm. Like, just screenshots of every bestiary entry. I would love it if somebody did that. Yeah. I'm not hinting at you, Cole. This is not like me <laughs> hinting at giving you a job. But yeah. I just want somebody to find it already on the internet. But we're the only people in the world talking about this game right now. So <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think that will happen. Right. Um, yeah. The yeah. Uh, the C point is in this room full of hidden passages once yeah, you get past yeah. the tongue imps. And, like, these hidden passages will take you all the way around the level. 
um, including yes. back to that cell that you saw uh, to get a little bit of a surprise. This is a corpse mimic almost. There's a there's a parasite that jumps out of the chest of the body. I love that thing. Yep. Like, because I'm trained to look at bodies. I want their shit. And, <laughs> yep. uh, they, they, uh, and they have a little description that talks about these parasites that grow up in uh, corpses. Yeah. And it calls so. them in- insect insectivorous, which I don't think the translator knew that it meant uh, that, eat, that they eat insects. Like, Yeah, not just hungry bugs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and also there is a pit with a fanged worm inside of it. I love that pit. Yeah. And anytime there's like a one-off, like little set piece in this game, I'm real into it because it doesn't happen that often. Right. Um, yeah. And th- so you you go back to that body and you want to because you get scale mail at that point, which is pretty good armor. Mm-hmm. And armor seems to degrade slower than weapons for me. Yeah. Um, so like I usually it's a safer bet putting on armor right yeah. after I find it. And certain certain attacks will degrade it faster. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially once we get to Water World. Oof. Um, so yeah. So this this fanged worm, uh, you know, falls down, and that's where the things are just falling from the ceiling as well. <laughs> like it's a pit in a room with like meat falling from the ceiling, <laughs> yeah. and you have to go around the pit, uh, which is super cool. And uh, to get to the next place, they're not connected naturally. You have to go through a warp stone, mm-hmm. or at least they're not connected this way naturally. Right. Like it might, yeah. there might be a, a one way, another way, but you go to the forgotten region. Yes, which is the jail. Yes, um, and it's full of cells, and eventually you'll get the key. Um, and kind of can loot them for treasure, but for now they are locked. Yeah. Um, the uh, the noise it makes when you try to click on a door when it's locked <laughs> sounds like a like a fully unlocking noise to me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that was just like your too many to me. scabs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, it just it didn't sound like. So I was like, oh, why isn't this open? And it took me a little while to figure out what that noise was supposed to mean. Yeah. Um. So remember when we said, hey, you need to fear ledges? Um. Mm-hmm. That's the case here because if you go left, you're going to fall down a ledge. Um, there's no way to get back up this ledge until you get to a warp stone at the very end of the next world. And uh, I'm going to take a guess and say you're not ready to go there just yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Earthworld is comparatively like you could get ready, right? Yep. Like you, if this happens, you're not doomed. Yeah. You're you not could, here to kill a boss or anything. Yeah. Like you could you could go through Earth, like the beginning areas of Earthworld and mm-hmm. probably level up enough and be OK. There's also Homeward Bones in this game. And there are these feathers that will teleport you back to your save point. Yeah. Um, I think at this point you probably found a couple. I always remember having a few kicking around my inventory. Yeah, you can so you, um, you you can buy them too. Yeah, so if you if you fell down, you can probably get back. Yeah. Um, it's up to you to like you know because you pick up items on the ground. We we didn't really talk about this, and you have to actually look in your inventory to see what they are. Yeah, none of them really visually read. Right. You know as as to what they are, so like that's kind of a pain in the dick mm-hmm. uh, to just constantly be checking to see what you have. Yeah. So. Yeah. But um, yeah. So um, one of the more uh, metal types of enemies in this game, the acid skulls, which uh, I love these are, are just like the giant, the giant face enemies from the end of Final Fantasy four. Um, they're mm-hmm. skulls that are just covered in goop. And uh, yep. you only encounter like the only unit of measurement for these guys is a room full. Yes. Uh, the way that, and these are these guys are a wall. Um, you know, you don't they don't want you to get in there yet, uh, you know, until you can kind of tank a couple of hits getting past them so it's really fun when you eventually get past them but at first they're they're just a meat wall mm-hmm. um yeah there's another secret room a little bit further on where you can get this uh soul pod and this room is full of skeletons um and at this point like again that like gradual but constant buildup, like you can probably take skeletons now mm-hmm. like they're hard but yeah. you can fight i can fight skeletons at this point yeah um and also this is where i really started relying on um luring enemies into hallways Mm, yeah yeah um especially if there were like a bunch of them and that's a classic that is a classic tactic but um you know i was confident enough now to like okay well i don't just have to avoid them i can i can get them into a place where it's advantageous for me 
And that's generally like uh, similar to souls. Like the thing you're going to want to do when you run into a group of enemies is find a way to engage one of them at a time. If you can, um, you can't pull enemies very well. Like distance weapons tend not to pull enemies. They just tend to destroy them. Um, so there, there are some tense moments in some rooms later where there are like three laser plants covering one another and you just have to constantly be moving while you're attacking one. Mm -hmm. um, but here at least you can, these guys will kind of make a beeline towards you. Yeah. Um, you know, who would have guessed plants are less mobile. Um, <laughs> skeletons. Uh, but this is where you first find your, your bottle of light, um, which is a pretty rare and cool item that works like a better torch. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if we found torches yet, but torches light everything up and give this kind of nice fire effect on the walls. But a bottle of light actually lights up a whole whole region yes. for quite a while. Yeah. So that's just a kind of set it and forget it kind of thing. And I like that idea of just a bottle of yeah. light. Yeah. That is evocative as hell. Um, at the Me far too. at the far end of the level, um, there is an HP potion trader, and we talked about that in the generalities. It's not terribly useful yet because I didn't want to separate with any of my uh, any of my gear um, mm -hmm. just at the moment. Um, and also, there's a save point which we mentioned, not as useful as you would think. Yeah, they're not bonfires. Right. Like you should save when you run into them. Mm -hmm. um, if if you if you feel comfortable with the progress you've made since the last one, <laughs> um, several points in this game, I did the thing where it's like I would leave a save point, make my way to the next one, and do worse than I want to. Mm -hmm. And then restart in order to try again and yeah. use less resources on yeah. the way there, which is which is a Resident Evil thing. Like I do that in Resident Evil too. Yeah, it's funny um, when I was playing this, I was thinking about kind of the economics of save games, especially back in the day. You know, I was a little kid when I was playing on the PlayStation, and the idea of dedicating more than one save slot to something because, like, okay, mm -hmm. I can play fifteen games at once. And that's all that I that, that, that's all I can brook. You know, it was useful for me to have multiple save files on this so I could kind of like uh, um, leapfrog them if I needed to. Right. Like, mm -hmm. oh, if I, I, I fucked this up on the move, so I'm going to go back. Um, how weird is it that like when memory was a finite thing, we would work ourselves into those situations just because of, like an economic reason? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and now the equivalent it's like that on a whole on a bigger scale with whole games. <laughs> like now it's like if I want to download this game, I have to erase these games from my <laughs> my Vita or what have you or my 3DS if I want to play. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that is that is a weird thing. It, this game benefits from having unlimited saves for right. sure. Um, yeah, this uh, this opens into an area where you can eventually get into the uh, the cursed reason region, the final region of the area. Yes, uh, that doesn't have a boss has a mini boss kind of thing. Um, but this yeah. is just kind of an unformed cave um, that is full of. Um, not just the spiders that we've seen before, but also these shadow spiders that kind of hang from the ceiling. Yes. And uh, I always get unnerved when things hang from the ceiling in this game. <laughs> like anytime something's on the ceiling, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, we're introduced to kind of like, I don't know, like our, our, our Solaire. Yeah. <laughs> for, for this game. Uh, He's who, important enough to be like known by name by the, by the uh, end boss. His name is Fat Mole, mm -hmm. uh, which is not a nickname, and it's also not an unfortunate skin condition. Right. Uh, it's a name for a chubby mole. Yes, it is a name. He looks like the mole creatures uh, from uh, from Mario World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, lo I love Fat Mole. Yep. Like, Fat Mole, if they ever do, like, a FromSoft fighting, like, you know, Smash Brothers thing, uh -huh. I want, I want uh, Fat Mole to be an assist <laughs> for when you play as Roos. Um but yeah, he tells you, uh, you know, humans built this place, uh, but down below it is no longer the realm of humans. Right, so there are, yeah, monsters, there are down there. monsters down there. And then he doesn't walk away or like disappear like a lot of the other uh, NPCs do. He rolls into a hole in the wall. 
I love it. It's so good. <laughs> and it's, you know, like, it, it isn't like a quick roll. Like, you know, he's not like Sonic. Like, take it, take it, take it. And then he's out. Yeah. It's like, he just, they they, they, they set the rotation to like, you know, okay, one X and then do boot, do boot, and then just glide slowly over the floor. My hole needs me now. This hole was made for me now. <laughs> <laughs> it just he, he tweens directly to the hole it's great <laughs> yeah it's 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 really great fat mole is the best every time this guy shows up i'm i'm i freak the fuck out uh, um we also we also find this corpse with a lore note on the wall yeah um uh, and and there's a couple of them we've run into so far but they've just been kind of evocative mm-hmm. um without having that much specific meaning and that's why i didn't um, take a note one, it's like oh you know all souls will burn oh, okay cool well so, like some of them are cool i think mm-hmm. right like there, there's um uh you know the there's the the one where like the in the torture chamber it's like uh and the, this is that game facts guy where it's like was it we who sinned or is it blood of man which is the crime you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I can get down with that. <laughs> um, you know, and, and and comrades who fail on the quest sleep quietly now in your sealed foundation. Hmm. You know, it's, it's got this kind of like a grande, a grandoise uh, uh, kind of uh, meter to it that I like. Um, but this one actually is like a lore note that's specific mm-hmm. where we start learning about these knights that made it kind of a, a pilgrimage down here. Mm-hmm. Um, there are eight of them and they have this captain named Apollos who's right. going to be important. And the person who wrote this, and we're led to believe that the corpse that we see was the was the author, um, is just kind of dismayed that all of them have turned on each other. Yes. And uh, so we don't know, you know, what that is, whether these were like shit nights or whether <laughs> it was, um, you know, the corrupting force of this place. Yeah. Or, or every other day on my calendar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm regular, but unhealthily infrequent. Um but the, yeah. I can't go out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we don't know if they if they are here because of of good or evil. Right. But we do know that they are, they are becoming corrupted one way or another. Yes. Um, there's a there, there's a room far on the east of this, and I, I only know this from the map. We didn't really allude to this, but use a fucking map. <laughs> yeah, there's um if you just Google um Shadow Tower maps, there's a really good like GeoCities style like fan yeah. site from from a really long time ago. <laughs> like, like an Angel Fire like it's like Kingsfield.com that uh is just completely broken. I think that it's held up with bailing wire and uh the Wayback Machine. Um yeah. but uh it's there and it's helpful and like it's I'll, I'll nice it the just it's actually great. Yes, it's it's like, great. Like it's uh it, it is super helpful. Um and even though I got pretty acclimated to navigating the space, it was still nice to know the size and shape of something and you know like my relative position. This game 100% should have had a map. Yeah. Like should have shipped with a map. And this is uh this is just a theming this is like a gaming lesson I've learned this uh this winter because between this and what we're playing for watch out for fireballs right now is that like mm-hmm. if you're a PlayStation era game, you don't have the ability to make a gra- like have graphical fidelity to give <laughs> me like way like adequate uh information yeah yeah like i can't i can't make a mental map of this place when hallways all look the same Mm -hmm. you have to give me a fucking map (laughs) um and then that's that's that happens here too or when the very walls will like buckle and fold depending on how it decides to render (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, it is really really hard to make a mental map of this place um you can do it and there are some areas i do feel like i have totally mapped right Mm -hmm. but the uh it wouldn't have hurt anything to have a map. It wouldn't have ruined the immersion or anything. So yep. the, uh, just use your own, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. Cause you're probably playing this on handheld and it's easy to do that. Yeah. Like I really weirdly played this sitting at my computer, not on my computer. Mm-hmm. 
like oh, just using right. my doctor's chair. Yeah. I, play, I play this in bed because I could. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't. I couldn't look at the maps adequately enough. Yeah, I had, my, I had the maps on my stuff. phone when I was uh, taking notes. Yeah, I mean, I had, I had maps on my phone too. It just didn't look as like I wanted bigger maps. <laughs> I wanted to be able to read it better. Um, I get you. I gotcha. Um, so anyway, uh, the knights turn on each other and and Captain Apollos. And um, this far eastern room, where you kind of find this uh, mini boss. Yeah, with this, this is uh, this is this, sweet. This is a really cool. Yeah, this is super cool. It's little because uh, it's this like bat skeleton thing that's hanging from an altar. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you arrive. Yeah, and uh, you end up ultimately fighting it. Yeah, it's it's like a beast. It's it's like a guy who was halfway through transforming into a bat, but his body fell apart at the spine, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just start, he just yeah. wakes up and starts flying at you. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's not officially a boss. This guy doesn't have a name or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, uh, he's who we fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you, so you continue on. Um, when you're ready, you you go back to the Forgotten Region, and you can drop off that ledge that we said not to drop off of. Yeah. Uh, to go into Earthworld, which is like, this is where the game hit its stride for me. Yeah, me too. Um, in a kind of a big way. Like, getting to Earthworld and, and feeling good about it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's just because it's more colorful, if there's, like, it's where the enemy variety really kicks in. Um, if there are just, it, it, it introduces enough gameplay wrinkles. Like, this is not the poison world, right? Like, weirdly enough. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to get to that later. Um, so, but there's a little bit of that there, and there's like a little bit of, you know, dealing with AoE attacks, which are going to be used to varying effect throughout the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, but, and, and also other status effects. Mm-hmm. This is where people do start paralyzing you. Yeah. yeah. Um, more frequently. And this is also where the first repair shop is. So you're introduced to that aspect of the economy. Oh, to the loop. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So like th- this is where you're clued into like what the game is going to be about managing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah. You start off in the rotting cavern. You don't have to, which is cool. Like you mm-hmm. usually a lot of times in these worlds, you start off as at this kind of a spoke where you can kind of check out two different areas. Mm-hmm. But the rotting cavern is the easier of the two. Um, right, because yeah. the actual uh, geometry is not hostile to you. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's not. It's not poisonous like the like the geometry in the poisonous cavern. <laughs> yeah, um, right inside the door here is your first blacksmith, and we've talked a lot about that. But like, once I figured out what this did, it was kind of like it, it was like a eureka moment. Yeah, because because you just feel like if you, if I have like six weapons in in ready, I feel like I can do whatever mm-hmm. in this game. You know, I feel like I could take on anything. Yeah. Up until this point, I was just continuously like, you know, I was breaking things so they didn't know not to, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just everything was was terrifying. Because if you run out, you don't have a melee attack if you run out of weapons. Like that's it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I definitely had a game end with running out of weapon. Yep. Um, which is which is awful like really frustrating <laughs> and probably shouldn't you should probably always have a dagger or something in the game like that's indestructible yeah. um but the uh getting oh. this blacksmith and being able to power up is really huge yeah so like like you're refreshed and what's funny is so you know you've been leveling up as you've been going through and it's it, it's kind of weird because like the curve of your equipment so far has probably been going down right mm-hmm. like you're resorting to weaker and weaker weapons as your character is getting stronger and stronger um, and so like, you're not seeing a lot of gains, but once you take that breath of fresh air and mm-hmm. that curve is back up, like it's an immediate empowering moment. Like now we're cooking with gas. Yeah. Yeah. You, you will be doing way more damage. And then you're also, uh, this is the point where I started, like, like I stopped to look and saw how much better my HP was <laughs> yep. than it was when I started. Um, <laughs> and that, that's a huge thing too. Like, oh, wow. Like. That is huge. I didn't go into any menus or anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, this guy's great, and you're going to use him a lot. Yeah. Um, I ended up going back to this guy because he was relatively easy to get to. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Um, so there's a big chamber here that has another delightful enemy, these watcher plants that look kind of like, um, not vile plumes. Uh, what are they? The, mm, they turn into, uh, oh, uh, uh, Boy, yeah, I don't um, know. I the forget other big Poke- plant Pokemon. Yeah, the other big plant Pokemon. Uh, no, but these are like big gawky plants that have uh, that have eyes where a flower would otherwise be, and they shoot lasers. Like somehow the element of plants is not plant; it's laser. Yeah, and they they shoot lasers that like zip across the ground. Yep, in in a, in a really satisfying way. They shoot lasers uh, like Metal Gear Rex. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, that is a lot what it's like. That's one hundred percent what these things are like. Um, yeah. It's cool. Keep it a note. Sorry. I was, I need to know the name of that Pokemon. Okay. I got it. Okay. Right. I just, I ended up looking it up and it was just freaking me out. So I'm just going <laughs> to, well, I'm not going to edit around that. I'm just going to come back in with that Pokemon, but I wasn't going to be able to concentrate until okay. I figured that out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I can't, I can't be on the record of not knowing the Pokemon if it's like in the first 150. <laughs> well, I, I need you to not edit that out because this is a funny derail. I, 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 perhaps I won't. The, um, they're, they're, they're bell sprouts. Okay, there we go. A.K.A. Weeping Bells, A.K.A. Victory Bells. <laughs> which, so, which drools just in a very sickly fashion. They are All the plant Pokemons are gross. Even even the Bulbasaur is pretty nasty. And I, uh, we start thinking about him like laying, like he, one of his attacks is like sticking seeds and things yeah. to drain his life. Like, yeah. Um, I there, there's this uh there's this uh, woman uh from singapore and etsy who is selling uh these 3d pr- uh, 3d printed planters um okay. that are that are either bulbasaur bulbasaur oddish shaped oh that's and funny the, oh, that's, that's good yeah and you can get them in different colors and uh the, the only thing that's keeping me from getting one like the actual thing like a like a decent sized one was like 15 bucks and i'm like oh that's that's good for a planter but like the shipping is like 16 dollars from singapore oh, sure. it's like i don't know if i want to pay like 30 dollars for a planter so yeah yeah that's pretty intense yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I, Brayden brought us a shower head that's a dinosaur's head. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not optimal as a shower head because it just kind of like, it doesn't act as a shower head. You just let the water go directly again, you know, just out, you know, oh, like it, yeah. it doesn't really, but, uh, it's 3D printed and it's the first time I've handled something that's 3D printed. It doesn't feel good, does it? It's real weird. Yeah. Like we're not there yet. Um, <laughs> but that's I mean, the future. Not... You can 3D print a gun, kill your enemies. I, that is like true. Uh, like um, John Malkovich in, in the line of fire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's, but I mean, it's not like I handle my shower head, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't feel good. Yeah. But it, it does kind of look and, and feel unpleasant mm-hmm. to the touch, much like John Malkovich in, in the line of fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. Anyway, um, so yeah, you got these plants and they shoot lasers at you. Um, this is where you're introduced to paralysis, which is a fucking annoying. Stack. It's a real bummer, and you don't yeah. get enough resources to deal with it. Yep. And the resources you get, you're going to be tempted to use them if you picked one up, but you mm-hmm. shouldn't because you need to save those for bosses. <laughs> right. Because bosses do paralysis, which is a real bummer and a real <laughs> messed up. Yeah, it's a win button for them. Um, yeah. You got more of these imps here. And then there's another, another chamber that's just full of dwarves, but they don't read as dwarves. They read as garden gnomes. Like, this is Winklebottom. Yeah. They're, they're, so, they're, they're little David's the gnomes. <laughs> and uh, they just kind of walk in little aimless circles uh, every once in a while swinging little axes at you. Yeah, like the little stone axes that poison you. It's uh, They're so cute. This is my shit axe. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is my shit axe on my calendar. The, um <laughs> Um, eventually you run into one, there's like a NPC one that is a coward and will give you actually a key that you need, mm-hmm. um, here, which like every once in a while enemies will talk to you. Yeah. Which, which is great. Again, it catches me by surprise because it's just infrequent enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, there are myconids here, which look like they're spitting, <laughs> spitting low res images of the, uh, dark souls mushroom men, which also, um, I learned come from Kingsfield as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. mushroom men are, always, are uh, from standard. Yeah. Um, and also yeah. these star serpents, which I love the design of just because they're, the, the star aspect of, of them is uh, noticeable but superfluous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're guarding a frost ring, which yeah. is uh, amazing and you should get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to help a lot during the fire realm. Yes. Um, and the, the, the basic spell for the frost ring hits multiple times. Mm-hmm. And you'll kind of learn something about spells in this is that a multi-hit is better than one big hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so spells that hit multiple times are really, really desirable. Yeah. Um, and we're introduced to an NPC here, um, which is, this is a direct, like, I feel like you, you could make the argument that this whole thing is very bloodborne, um, <laughs> or where they kind of recycled this idea from oh. because, because we run into, uh, Ariel, um, who is a, a demon who is trapped in a, in a doll that kind of looks like the demon. Right. And like very obviously made of like wood and like held, held together with twine and burlap or something like that. Like just a very shitty doll. Yeah. Um, she, she talks about how she's been sealed away by a demon uh, named Durin, mm-hmm. who is in a lump of clay, and asks you to free her by killing Durin, yep. and, and she can uh, assume her true form. Yes. And I was expecting, like, a law truck thing, but mm-hmm. she ends up being a solid bro throughout the whole game. Right. Um, and, and except, she, except for the point where she says, like, are you ready to do battle? <laughs> but then you, it just doesn't happen. Right. I was like, could I could I have chosen to fight her then? I, I didn't. No. You know, because... she, I was on her side. Like. She's pretty great. But this this <laughs> idea of like having uh, this consciousness transferred to a doll version of yourself, mm-hmm. um, of, of this lady, like really, you know, I mean, obviously that's a Bloodborne connection, but mm-hmm. I could also see them recycling that idea directly. Well, they're just there. such big fans of Gino. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We all love Gino. <laughs> uh, not the fact that he's impossible to read. Like if you look at him, you can't tell what anything is about him. I love how I can just go, like, just, like point you in a direction and get you started. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like playing the puppet master thing, but it's just funny. <laughs> that's what it sounds like it. I didn't think about that until you said it, but now fuck you. <laughs> oh gosh, such a bear, <laughs> dancing bear to be, to be angered. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she she gives you kind of this quest. She makes you promise her. Yeah. Yeah. And you can say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like it's just a story thing. Like, you get this little yes, no thing. And I was like, what does what does this do? Like, <laughs> I'm going to say yes because I want to see what happens. But hopefully this doesn't fuck me over, you know? Yeah, like, hopefully it, does, like, it doesn't make some later area impossible. Yes. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was worried about. Fortunately, it doesn't do that. Yeah. And um, we also, the other enemy that's kind of big here are these Ents, which are just Ents. Yep. Um, they're called Elders, but they're Ents. <laughs> yep. So um, uh, that's the end of this. Like, you, you're here to get this key. Um, and you can you get go the key out. and start the Ariel quest. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you dip back out and you go into the Poisonous Cavern. Um, and this is a tricky area because it introduces, introduces this idea that I'm not too, like, it's it's not used a lot, uh, as, as far as I know, which is vaccinating against certain status effects. Um, Like, I, I ended up using, like, I got a good, decent use out of it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's three kind of items that are on, along this line. Um, there's the, the poison vaccine, the acid vaccine, um, which I love yeah. the idea of becoming immune to acid <laughs> yeah. by drinking something else. No, you, you just douse yourself in baking soda. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just yeah. I, I was um, I was unclear. It's just a basic uh, trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was unclear. It's it's not. I, I haven't seen it used a lot in other uh, in other games. Here it's oh, used. Gotcha. It's used to great effect very frequently. Yeah. yeah. And the, well, and there's there's an elemental one too, but just for fire. Yes. Um, which is the kind of has the same kind of thing, but um, here it's like, and I also wasn't sure um whether this was a limited resource or not. So mm-hmm. this is a thing where it's like you have to throw away that too good to use thing because to mm-hmm. get through the the poison part of the poisonous cavern, yeah. you want the vaccine. But I was like, man, does that mean I can't come back? 
Um, <laughs> it lasts for a long time, but doesn't last forever. Right. And in fact, they're not unique. Like if you explore, you'll get more. Yeah. Um, and I ended up having the right number of poison vaccines. Like I didn't mm -hmm. end up feeling shitty about it. Yeah. Um, there's an awesome uh, lore note here. Here are mm -hmm. the Earth's bowels, born from rotten soil, and to rotten soil we shall return. We are trapped in this world of darkness. Yes. <laughs> Who wrote this? Like one of those little cuties? Like... <laughs> It's so like a laser plant, like just etched into the wall like, and turned to his buddy. Hey, check it out, bowels. Yeah, yeah, yeah check it out. I, I wrote a tweet. Um, yeah. Oh, you made me laugh. So I don't know who wrote it, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, also pretty good are these beak plants. Yeah. Yeah, I love these things. Um, these things will slow you yes. uh, significantly, which is a pain in the ass, uh, but you can you can either shake it off. There's a status effect item. You know, they'll take care of it, but they'll just keep kind of keep redoing it. Yeah. Um, I found that it was just I just needed to kind of work through the, the pain, you know, yeah. like I would be slow and just kind of deal with being slow and keep attacking so I can get mm -hmm. rid of the source and then heal. Yeah. Um, I yeah. found it was very um, it was it was very unpredictable how much like paralysis or slow would affect my attack speed or my ability to pause and go into a, go into a menu. Did you notice? Yeah. That? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. like you just jam on the pause button and it would work and sometimes not. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we didn't mention this too. And this, I, I don't know why I'm mentioning it now, but one of the things is you can over equip yourself. I oh, guess yeah, maybe yeah. because I thought the little weight symbol would mean that. Oh yeah. Um, like... So you get, you get slowed and you get this 10 ton weight symbol and it's like, Oh, I'm over equipped. That's why I'm slow. <laughs> It's not because you're over-equipped. Um, so I saw that, and I was like, I'm going to go into my equipment guide. Like they, they, I thought they just did an equipment or a status effect that lowered my equip burden. Mm -hmm. um, but no, that's not the case. No, definitely not. The, uh, the penalty for over-equipping is not like a slower move speed or a slower attack speed. It is a poison effect. Yes. It is you losing health at a steady and significant rate. Yes. Well, significant if you are significantly over-equipped. I would I would yes. find myself just like willing to soak a very small amount of loss in order to get the gain that I needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when, near the end when you have when you're good on health stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, like these hanging undead enemies start showing up, uh, especially in the in the poison area, which you get to after um, this Durin again, the the, the guy who trapped Ariel, um, taunts you and says, "Hey, follow me." Um, and then locks the door behind him and says, ha ha, you got to go through the poison area. Well, the, the sucky thing about that is at the end of that door, there are enemies that will attack you from behind the wall. Yep. Um, because that is, that is a bummer that we haven't really discussed, but enemies really can hit you through up here walls. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This is kind of where it becomes an issue, but enemies can attack you through walls and will attack you through walls. Um, and that sucks. Yeah. It's another way to know they're there, but I much rather have the environmental <laughs> sound. And later there's an enemy in this area that. Uh, can kind of more or less one shot you those like ogres yeah um and that sucks that they can attack you through the wall mm -hmm. um because i definitely remember dying and not knowing why i died yeah that's some bullshit yep do not like that um so there and you go through the poison area and then there's just uh there's just green slime on the floor and these uh these mm -hmm. guys overhead um and um you get to kind of this cool little set piece there's a knight who is kind of king samsoning this uh this trap that is uh, coming down on him and you need to sacrifice a sword to release the trap so he can die. And he talks about how mm -hmm. the king is ahead. And the, the cool thing about this um, is that it's whatever sword you happen to be using mm -hmm. at the time. So like you have a choice, you can give away a shitty sword or you can be like me and think you can get it back and give away. So like <laughs> you, um, you say that's a cool thing. 
Well, no, no, it's it's just it's a cool detail, yeah. I guess. Like it's it's a bummer. Like like um, you're you're saving this person's life, so you don't have time to go and fish for the one. Like oh, I exa- yeah. yeah, exactly. Or or just that it's not uh it's not trivial. Like you actually make a sacrifice right. to do this thing, which I, I like. Um, something that way, you know, so you, you can do that, and and we'll come back this way later after this guy dies. This is one of the nights yeah. uh, that we mentioned before. Um, but this this way to get up. So I did not have enough light increasing items and went through this poison passage in dark and missed this ladder up onto the bridges mm-hmm. um, which is how you unlock the shortcut so you can uh, you know get into that area yeah well that's Durant. that's also yeah that's also how you get to uh, where you get the fire ring yeah yeah so i it was a real bummer um, yeah. there's a really good shield up there too there's a lot of really great treasure up there mm-hmm. but i was just running through with my head down um, and couldn't see anything and missed this ladder so yeah uh, you had to be aware of your your surroundings mm-hmm you know, and I guess just in video games, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, so I will work on that in the future. <laughs> oh, we, we all have room to improve. You know, it's yes. fine. Um, so beyond this night, there's a there's a way to relatively it's I guess I guess that's not optional, though. The place we're going to go is optional. Uh, but that's it's another area going up that ladder gets you uh, to Durin. And uh, I expected this to be a boss fight or at least to have this guy put up any kind of fight at all. But really, he just begs for his life. As yeah. I as I kill him and like, I don't know how that's supposed to how I'm supposed to feel about that. Like, he just, yeah, he just kind of walks away from you. Um, yeah. yeah, he's not. I mean, he he tricked you, so it's like you have a little bit of that. Like, he's the patches of this game. Um, <laughs> you know, so you have a little bit of like, it's cool to to kill this guy. Feels good, but that's... also he just doesn't fight. Doesn't doesn't. Uh, uh, he's unarmed and he doesn't fight back. <laughs> I, at this point, I'm in in Big Oriel's pocket, right? Like yep. anything Oriel wants me to do, I'm doing. Big Oriel, like. Uh, like i'm i'm doing it so (laughs) so so yeah you you kill him and you get this seal key and uh uh, you go and you unlock this crystal casket um and oriole stands up out of here and she's uh she's an anime demon lady with these uh with these big horns but otherwise a real solid bro right Mm -hmm. um you get the fire ring uh, which is just useful, you know, like anything that gives you more range yep. is good. Um, and also you're able to unlock the door that uh, that Durin locked before and uh, you have a shortcut from the beginning of the zone. Yes, um, which is super useful. Anytime you can unlock a like Dark Souls-esque shortcut is yeah. amazing um, in this game. So the, And you can also make your way now to the Quaking Cavern, which is the next cavern we need to go to, uh, which is kind of small. And that's one of the things is like the, the different regions have a real you know, different kind of uh, a real variety in size. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even comes down to the different like full zones. Like yeah. there's a world leader that's like really short. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is pretty cool. I like that mm. they break that up. Yeah. Um, so kind of the trick to this is, you know, there's another kind of plant, but that's not the trick. You have the, uh, uh, these leeches and you find the, the, the small ones, they look kind of like uh, like pink socks uh, mm-hmm. floating around and uh, they've got, uh, they'll, they'll give you a poison, but you walk into this, uh, to this awesome set piece where you go down a long hallway and then, Oh wait, what's at the other end? Oh, there's a mouth. that's coming at me. Let me go around this corner. Oh, there's another mouth. It's coming at me. Yeah. And then you try and turn around. Oh, wait, there's another mouth. It's coming at me. It's the, it's the adults. <laughs> yeah. It's super cool. It's very similar to, uh, two, two in uh demon souls. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. When you're going through the tunnel and, and, and you just kind of, uh, trick these you know by by staying out of their range and you know backing up and attacking everything but one of them drops a bow which is amazingly powerful yes um there's no limited ammo you don't have to equip arrows or anything it's just durability it's just durability and it is fragile like it will you know it will drop but it's so great to be able to attack things at a distance without using really precious spells Mm -hmm. um that at this point i was saving for tough encounters or or bosses that i was sure were going to show up (laughs) at some point (laughs) um yeah 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, so getting the bow is great. Mm-hmm. This is also the introduction of the pitcher plants, which make cartoon spring sounds. Yes, when they when they jump around um, <laughs> in little little uh, circles. <laughs> um, this is where you get to the the ogres, and these things suck. Um, yeah. I, I had to come back here later. Oh yeah, when I was when I was much stronger because there's three of them in a room, and they can kill you from the next room over yep. through these like giant AOE stops that there's really nothing to do about. Mm-hmm. Like they're not very fun to fight, and you can't really get close to them. They're just like an HP tax. To kill right. them. Yeah. The room is full of treasure. Like it is it is a big treasure room, but you're meant to come back here later. Yeah, yeah. Like in the treasure you get here is mostly um uh Dorito ashes. Yeah. 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 You get some Dorito dust and then you also get uh some other thing as well. Um mm. either a ring or a amulet or something like that. I stopped differentiating between loot. <laughs> yeah, it, well it's it's weird because nothing has a special effect. Mm-hmm. Everything is stat based. Yeah. Um you I mean that's actually not true. Some of them do have special effects, but nothing says what they are. Right. So like I remember looking online and seeing that some of these like amulets actually did some kind of weird things. Not mm-hmm. very many of them, but most of them are just like, "Oh, do I want this kind of magic resistance or this kind of magic resistance?" I don't know. I don't know what like a laser counts as. Okay, <laughs> you know. Um, so I would just end up like equipping, uh, whatever increased the stats I knew to care about. So if it increased strength, speed, or, uh, uh, balance, um, I would put it on. Yeah. And uh, that's really it. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you make your way through the quaking cavern and eventually get to the stone cavern. Yes. Um, and so this is like the mine, right? Like, uh, the, there are mine carts and tracks laying around and this is explicitly, uh, kind of a maze almost. Yes. Um, and you're being led, like there's a little bit of a critical path. You've got this enemy, um, uh, called Dybbuk, which I don't think is supposed to be that demon from Jewish folklore that is, uh, um, supposed to be the ghost of a, of an unborn child. I think, oh. <laughs> like, I think that's just, uh, it's just a name they chose. Just take it the name. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, it's just like this little gremlin kind of guy who uh, who will run away at uh, at different times um, as you as you go along. Um, yeah. But there's there's some kind of cool stuff off to the off to the side here. Yeah, um, like he's trying to lead you into areas, you know, be, and, and get you surrounded by other enemies more or less, or, or aggro other things. Right. So so don't fall for Dybbuk. <laughs> Um You can fight these kind of clay golems um, who you run to here, which are pretty cool. And the other thing, the big thing to watch out for, and it's not an enemy, but. Uh, this is there's tons of ledges here where you can go down to the sub level. Yeah, that's on the, the same cavern. Uh, so be careful when you're doing that um, here because they none of them are, are truly one way. You can always find a way to get back, but like sometimes it's a huge pain in the deck. Yeah, so so you got to be careful. Um, there are these demon bats that hang from the ceiling and 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 cast slow on you. Um, they're just demon bats. They're pretty cool. But uh, I love these mandaraga things you run into. Yeah, the noise, yeah, the, the noise they make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're just like little carrot dudes uh, that, that 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 pop up. That's one of my favorite like little like folklore things. Yeah, actually, just I the mean, idea that there is a there is a plant that'll scream when you pull it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and it kills people when you hear the mm-hmm. scream, or depending on the legend, like kills yeah. or paralyzes or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these guys these guys are sons of bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's pretty cool. Like, like, but they're not aggressive. You have to attack them first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you ultimately get to Dybbuk, who makes Donald Duck noises and begs you not to kill him. He screams murder as though that law exists. <laughs> Everyone says murder when you try to kill them when they like they're, you know, explicitly un- antagonistic. And there's no reason <laughs> to think that this demon is more sentient than the other demon <laughs> or, or like more you know deserving of my mercy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you kill him. And this one, it feels like an optional thing. Like, I wonder if something happens if you don't kill him. Oh, if he comes back later and saves, saves the day like the dog from Resident Evil 4. Yeah, like you don't have to kill him. Um, and you get a ring that duplicates another ring that you have. Like mm-hmm. you get the caustic ring, which does that uh, that basic water spell. 
I want to say right, or is there? This is no, the thing different. Like, 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 yeah, caustic is a new. Uh, it's it's yeah. a new one. Like, you don't get a replacement for this until the end of uh, water roll. You're right. Yeah, this shoot this shoots acid. Yeah, it's useful. Um, like, yeah. you know, from a all, gameplay, all the spell rings are great. Yeah, like you you need all of them, mm-hmm. all of them you can get. Um, if you actually fall down to the other level, you can get to this other area, this false pit cavern. Yes, which has uh, different areas that you can go to. Uh, through it you can either get back to the shadow tower so you can continue down to the fire world mm-hmm. um, or you can can keep exploring or yeah. you can go back to the human world. yeah so you can take it you can take a warp back to the uh back to the uh, jail cells um yes. and then uh then like that, that that is a super short run uh to get yes. back there and i'm doing that to just uh get, get some get some more kills under my belt yeah um but uh, here in this main hallway um that we found this kind of looks like uh um shalva a little bit um, mm-hmm. In a way, at least uh, in coloration, uh, you're introduced kind of your, fir- your first knight type enemy, this earth knight, um, who just really, really puts up a hell of a fight because he's really mobile and really aggressive um, in, a, in a way that other enemies have not been so far. Like he is he is on the pursuit pretty much all the time. And you can uh, the way there's a couple enemies that have this kind of basic movement thing. And like the trick to these, which, again, super soulsy, is to uh, find their off like whatever side they don't favor. And yeah. circle around that side. Yeah. So like usually they'll miss and you can get kind of a counterattack in. Um, and so ultimately I eventually figured out how to deal with these guys, but it took several tries. Yeah. Um, there are more pitcher plants <laughs> in these um, winding passageways. Um, yeah. And uh, you're just going to turn a, turn a corner and run into some of these and get poisoned. Yeah. So. They're little ambushes. Yeah. Um, but there ends up being a place where you can plug in this blue crystal that you picked up and it lights up the region, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of continue down to this other area that is full of ants and mm-hmm. uh, uh, or not ants, uh, yeah, the, guardians, the, yeah, yeah, like guardians, more of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and then the uh, more pitcher plants mm-hmm. um, before on your way to the hostile rock cavern. Yes, and so this is uh, the boss stage, right? This is your uh, this is your two three, um, yes. because uh, you walk in and there is uh, the circular chamber uh, that is full of these earth knights, and there's some minor treasure on the side. You want to deal with these guys, uh, preferably without using your spells. Uh, because they will follow you into the main room to uh, to fight Apollos. Yes, and, and uh, Gary, the, uh, you didn't put in the pause there. We need to put in the music. I, I didn't have. Oh, just put in uh, like two minutes of ambient silence. <laughs> The um, like the uh, these guys. This was really hard for me because I had to kill these two guys. But I, you know, same thing that you said. Ultimately, I ended up using spells on these guys because I couldn't fight two of them at once mm-hmm. without using spells, and then ended up doing melee for Apollos. Which this is one of the the bosses that that's viable. Like yeah. it's not always viable to use melee attacks on a boss. You can fight Apollos with melee. <laughs> this is the only boss that doesn't just spam AOE to keep you uh, beyond arm's length. It's not the only, that, but it's very. It's one of few. Yeah. Um, th- this guy, did, this is like a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually like really like this fight. Um, he can paralyze you, which is a, a bummer. But when he's not doing that, he is just like a very aggressive enemy that has a long range. And he, yeah. to me, he looks like, um, so he's the Dread Knight is, yes. is his title. And to me, he looks like a Resident Evil boss. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's weird because he has the tyrant arm. Um, yes. uh, there's an awesome design uh, kind of thing. He's impaled. Like, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like a regular weapon. Like, it looks like it's a piece of statuary or something. And, like, it's, it's, uh, you know, this came before, uh, Code Veronica, but his stretchy tyrant arm is exactly how the Bandersnatches attack you in Code Veronica. Yeah. Yeah. And those things, that hits, that's the huge damage. Yeah. From the stretchy arm. That's the most damaging thing he can do to you other than paralyze you and just wail on you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I was using my paralysis cures. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just kind of circle around him and hit him, but he just moves around in a really erratic pattern. Um, but I ended up like really liking this fight mm-hmm. and it's in a cool little set piece in this like little, uh, little throne room. Yeah. 
Uh, which other bosses don't uh, do, like don't don't AOE? Because when I was making the notes, like all of them do. Um, they don't all just spam AOE. Yeah, well, there's um, one that's the, the, there's, there's one the that's particularly lady. worse than that. Um, yeah, yeah there, she, she she keeps you away too. <laughs> she well, she didn't do it for me. I, she never spammed AOE for me. Like she yeah. she did it every once in a while, but it was not uh, to me. Like the the fire boss and the uh, the mage, the necro boss mm-hmm. or whatever, the, the evil world boss. Yeah. Or the, the skeleton world boss are the two that I had that mm-hmm. problem with. Everyone else, like, more or less would chill on that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and then, and then also water boss, which is meant to be a ranged combat battle. Mm-hmm. Like, he keeps you away, but also it's because you're supposed to be doing a shootout with him. It's mm-hmm. like the revol- revolver ocelot fight. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to make sure because you, like, you, you corrected me with certain. I was like, did I, did I remember that wrong? But all of them did, it, yeah. Their attacks are like they all have them, but the, there's ones that just do that, right? Yeah, you know, right. And then there are ones that like they've got some kind of algorithm that decides what what they do and when. Yeah. So with the, you know your difficulty with these enemies is going to depend a lot on that RNG, right? Yeah, like whether if, it does that. Like the it was always a factor in mine, and like this was the last one that I really felt good getting like you know toe to toe with. Yeah, it is. Uh, I felt better with a couple other ones later, but this guy doesn't do that and but even down to that like the rng determining how often he does par- paralysis mm-hmm. is going to determine whether you have a good time with him too yeah right like if he's constantly paralyzing you more than you have cures like that's kind of it for you mm-hmm. so there's like an element of inelegant rng yeah. to the way these bosses work for sure um after you beat him um he gives you this little speech which is super cool yeah. i don't think anyone's ripped any of this stuff to youtube so i'm probably not going to put it in the episode <laughs> um I, i'm not going to like you know find my save game and then put a microphone up to my Vita. But um, well, that's, that's where we learned that he is uh, Apollos, one of the seven great knights of King Edward. Yes. And uh, they came for the crown, but they betrayed him and left him for dead. Um, I was turned to darkness and captured by the will of King Edward, but you have freed me. Yes. So he is the Artorias figure. Yes. And this is where you get the, like the silent sword, right? I think so. Yeah. And the silent sword is cool because it has great stats, but you can't use magic while it's equipped. Mm-hmm. So it's this cool trade-off. Yeah. And that, that's one of those weird little effects that you don't, uh, it doesn't actually say is on there. Yeah. I think I probably equipped that and I figured there was something else that wasn't communicated that was keeping me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, they are very kind by putting a warp back to the False Pit Cavern uh, mm-hmm. so you can get to the uh, Shadow Tower and go to Fire World. Yes. Yep. And Fire World's my least favorite. I know you didn't have as much of a hard time. Like we talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is my least favorite world in the game. And this I got really frustrated about this. Yep. So yeah, we'll 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 chat as to why, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> and we're we'll back. Uh, and we're back. <laughs> take it, let's take a call. We'll be right back. Um, go ahead, call her. Um yeah. so yeah, this uh this area is about like massive damage, aggressive enemies and traps. Like this is going to test your longevity in a way that is more direct than other ways that it is like try to test your longevity so far or will continue to do afterwards. The frustrating thing about it to me is that there just aren't enough opportunities to uh, repair your shit. Mm-hmm. So like, it's, it's like, um, I mean, is there even a, a smithy? I think oh, there's yeah. like one smithy, but there... then once you get further in, it's really a pain in the ass to go back to them. No, no, it's, 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 it's kind of funny because, uh, because like there's the one area that's not connected uh, and then you have to, the, the only way to get to the smithy is to run all the way to the final boss area yeah. and then warp back to the second area. And then it's like a, it's like a bit of a loop. You can open way. up that shortcut yeah. that goes to the smithy, but it, you don't get to that shortcut until you get to the end. So, like, you're doing this whole area, which is really, really tough mm-hmm. um, without having access to, like, the equivalent of a bonfire. Right. Um, and it's a real, like, I just found that to be a bummer. And the boss is full of bo- bullshit. Yeah. Um, he is made of bullshit. <laughs> um, and, the, and the run-up to the boss is one of my least favorite run-ups in, like, 
from FromSoft. Yep. Um, once you once you actually have to start doing it, like you eventually get an item that bypasses it. Um, but you start off in this Phoenix Cavern, which is shaped like a basketball court. No. Kind of. It's like this uh, big rectangular U-shaped thing with this river of lava in between. Um, and the uh, the whole idea here is you kind of go through fighting these fire gins um, and fire knights uh, in order to kind of get to the levers. You can switch to drop these bridges and make your way to the other end of this, this U and then out the other side. Right. And that's all there is to it. Like there are some items and stuff, but uh, you've got these gin enemies and they behave just like other knights do, except they float slightly. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and then there are also enemies that have a, a fireball shooting attack mm-hmm. that they position on the other side of the river sometimes, which is a pain in the dick. Yeah. Um, they drop these fire world stones, which are the equivalent of like a fire vaccine. And this might be where you get your first piece of fire armor. Yeah. Um, there's like, so they, 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 uh, scatter these throughout. It's very similar to final fantasy four. Mm-hmm. How like you're, you know, you're in, in Rubicant's cave and you start finding fire armor, <laughs> you know, fire resistant armor as you go. Like it reminds me of that curve. Like by the mm-hmm. end, you'll have a full set. But then you're on to the ice section and you know, don't need it so much. <laughs> well, what's funny, too, is um, like that is really valuable, like that effect. And because of how scarce repairs are, like you have to decide whether or not you want to soak that durability. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, by, go, by, by, by going for it with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but after this very short area, you can make your way into the burning cavern. And this is the kind of main, main room. Yes. Or main, uh, main floor. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, kind of like a puzzle box room almost, or puzzle box, uh, box area. Uh, it is full of these uh, kind of flame traps, these flame spouts out of the floor, and then these kind of flame fences or barriers. Um, and this is a noticeable uptick in the uh, just the difficulty of the enemies that you, that you have to deal with. Not only just the number of these mystic tower kind of enemies that, that you have to uh, fight that shoot lasers at you, but these berserkers... Like they baffled me up until I was just done with this area. Like yeah, I never, are, yeah, yeah. No they, thanks. They they look cool. Like they're these you know flame robots that uh that'll like steamroll you, um. But they have these AOEs that they uh that they just do to destroy your equipment. They might as well have like scraping spears attacked. Yeah, attached. And yeah. That, like the only thing that eventually like when you have to kill one when you can't run past it. And like in retrospect, that's why I had such a hard time with this area is because some of the initial enemies and enemies in that end game, I didn't fight, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I hadn't fought everything on my way here. I'd fought most of the things, but I never like, you know, farmed. And then I got here and we're skipping things because they were just too hard. And these things yeah. like I don't have access to a goddamn smithy, man. Like, don't do not do this <laughs> shit to me. Um, the trick to them, which I eventually figured out, is to bait them into doing their, like, uh, ranged attack. And then they have, like, a little bit of a cooldown in which they won't do the AOE after it. <laughs> so, like, you dodge the range. If you can dodge the range attack, get in, get in one hit, and then get away <laughs> before they can do it. Yeah. But it just takes forever. They have a lot of hit points. Um, and at this point, like, I'm low on spells. I've been using a lot of spells. Um, there's not, they don't put like a repair center right after bosses either. So like, no, no. you know, everything, all that durability I'd taken from the boss is no longer, you know, I don't have that anymore. Yeah. You have so. the ability to like, you know, warp back to human world and then go through and and repair. Like that is an option that is afforded to you, but uh, it's, it's kind of too little too late to an extent. You, well, you just want to need to want to do it. Like I yeah. need to want to feel like doing that much walking and like you can do some stuff with the, with the feather, you know, you mm-hmm. can do some homeward bone shit. And uh, that would have been the smart thing to do was like save here and then warp back and do my stuff and then warp back to the save. Yeah. But I uh, didn't kind of figure out that trick until a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're they're kind of like managing where you can go in this. And uh, these narrow hallways do not help you out with these uh, with these berserkers. The other enemies are not are not that big of a deal. Like you have these iron no. crushers that make like stereotypical sci-fi robot noises like mm-hmm. beep, 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 beep. 
I don't um, know why there are robots here. It's such, a, it's such a weird choice. <laughs> well, it's industrial. It's like uh, it's like sacrifice. Fire, yeah. <laughs> fire is industry. Progress. Oh, okay. In that case, I like it. <laughs> um, it's like sacrifice. Yeah. That's all you had to say. Um, <laughs> I'm not justifying it. I'm no, just... I know. I'm just, I'm just teasing about sacrifice. Um, yeah. So eventually, you get past all these uh, like these three berserkers. Or there are three for me. It could be for many. You know, it can vary to shut off the traps in this room, mm-hmm. um, which allow you to uh, you know there no longer be fire shooting from the walls, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a hidden door there that you can get into now that the fire is not there. Which is useful. You get some ring or something behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and then the way to get it further into this is through a gateway, right? So you you walk through the Stargate into uh, the Molten Cavern, where it's starting to look a little bit more demon ruinsy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the fat yeah. mole warns you about this uh, cranky demon named Abraxas, who turns out to be a red dragon that you cannot damage because he is in his element. I, I really wanted Braxis to be the boss of this and have it be a puzzle boss. Oh, yeah. That's what, a... that's what, he's like a puzzle mid-boss, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, like you can't attack him directly. You have to use the environment against him. Yes, and which I liked. But then you end up actually fighting a boss at the end, which is a <laughs> bummer. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you need to get past more Berserkers and these uh, Arachnuses ladies. who actually end up liking the, the, mm-hmm. the Quelags you fight. Yeah. Um, here, which are they're just quaylags, and they're hard because you fight multiple ones at a time. But mm-hmm. you you have to really stay moving so they can't lock on. Other ones can't lock on to you while you're circle strafing mm-hmm. ones. I'm mean, a good place to use spells if you if you've got yeah. any left. Yeah, and these and, and these chambers are also they're they're, they're run through with lava as yes. well. So uh, like circle strafing is easier said than done. Um, lava is not instant death right. in this game. If you have a firestone going on, you can cross the lava pretty easily, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I think you need to in order to shut off the lava. Right. Uh, yeah. Eventually, it will turn off in this room. It takes a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can leave and come back, and then you can cross safely. Or you can just cross and take a couple hundred dollars. You know, a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's appropriate. Yep. Take a couple hundred dollars worth of damage um, and, get, and get some more good items. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, eventually, you can make it into a Braxis's room. Um, where he is now frozen. Well, but what's great can, about it is like it doesn't just shut off when you're here. You you turn a valve, like you shut off his water supply. Yeah, uh, you shut off his lava supply, and he is uh, he is trapped inside the uh, the suddenly solid uh, lava, and he just dies in one hit and falls he apart. Shatters. He shatters yeah, like, into a yeah. pile of Doritos. Yeah, he's been he's been frozen into Doritos. <laughs> he turns into into Dorito dust. Yeah, <laughs> Doritos ice. <laughs> Cooler <laughs> ranch. <laughs> I'm just picturing yeah. a Dorito slushy, and you made me very sad. <laughs> that's, that's- it's pretty gross. Um, but there's these uh, floating, these enemies from Doom, mm-hmm. these uh, these skull monsters that are a real pain in the dick yeah. uh, to fight here. I and never I never quite got used to fighting flying enemies in this. Definitely not these things. They move too quick. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, you can go around and pick up the treasure here uh, before you go into a warp into the final area of this game, the Ashen Cavern, which of this area there or this area, which I think is way too hard. Oh yeah. Like I, the Ashen Cavern is too much. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is what did it for me because it's all these floating platforms full of just like the trickiest fucking enemies. Yeah. These Cerberuses and these, uh, zygote things. Like I like, couldn't they have distributed these just a little bit more? It's felt <laughs> like this area needed another, another zone yeah. that could have had some of this cast off into it. Cause it's a pretty small area comparatively. Yeah. yeah. You just spend a lot of time here because it's so tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a there's a fucking yeah. instant death thing here too. There's a trap, yeah, with no real clue mm-hmm. about it. So yeah. you're in it's in this whole area is a, a, this void with these uh, floating rock islands with bridges between them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you think you can make a beeline to the boss. Like if you go there, you can't see the boss or anything, but if you just arbitrarily choose to go right instead of straight, um, <laughs> you end up on a, a bridge that gets destroyed by rocks and, and you die. <laughs> yep. Um, and there's no, there's no hinting or anything that no, I can tell. Like no. people are throwing rocks at you. So you see rocks coming, but why don't they throw them at the other bridge? You know, <laughs> there's, there's nothing to indicate that this is a trap and it's a real bummer. Um, you know, yeah. luckily there's a save point that you could have hit like right on the way. Yeah. And um, that's really close to a Braxis. So like it's hard not to, you know, it's 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 easy to to not have that mistake be a big deal. Right. But yeah. even fighting fighting things once you get further into this is really tough. Yeah. Um, um, and you have to. You you definitely do because you need to like you're looking for basically your contact lens on the floor because you need a certain key off of the ground in, or, in order to progress. Yeah, to open up this uh this crystal um, and well, the, the the key off the ground, the thing you get, you get it drops from a Cerberus. Like you have to fight the the Cerberus. Oh wow! Well, I um, I think I probably killed him. It dropped on the ground, and then I uh, I, I didn't see it, and mm-hmm. then I, I caught it on the way back. And they they put the Cerberuses right next to these like ruby demons. I love the design of these things. Those they're they're great, but they're really hard to fight. Just those. Mm-hmm. Um, so this eventually, once I like went back to the Earth world and the uh, the human world and grinded up and could actually take on this area, like I just ended up you know spending a bunch of spells here. Yeah. Then having to you know so you eventually can get this shortcut um, to go and open up that uh, that uh, blacksmith. Yeah, you know, the smith and the uh, the molten sorry or in the the burning cavern. Yeah, super necessary. Yeah. You know, so I just end up using all my spells and using all my equipment to fight these guys, going to the smith, making another run, killing more guys, going to the smith, and then doing the boss. <laughs> um, who is the Ebony Knight, who, uh, the way you get to him is kind of interesting because you don't walk to his platform, you just activate this key in your inventory. Yeah. And uh, you can do it from anywhere in this realm, which or in this cavern, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but you use it and you fight him, and this I this fight drove me fucking bonkers. Like, I died so, against this guy a bunch. So this is crazy. I beat him in one life. That's crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how much you like, how leveled up you were. I guess. Yep. Um, um, also, I was like, I was completely decked out in fire, and I uh, countered his uh, his AOE with a shield. Yeah, which, which I mean, I tried to do too. I think mm-hmm. that what ended up happening was I just ended up having the the durability on my my spell weapons to attack him from a distance. Mm-hmm. And he's on this like floating platform. It's like easy to fall off the edge of this platform as oh. well. When you're fighting him, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, like he's just it's and it's a really unimaginative fight. He's just like yeah. a, a skeleton knight that just does AOE fire constantly. Right. He's 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 incredibly one note. Yeah. Like, th- like this guy sucks. I, I don't like this boss fight at all. Mm-hmm. And in, in a way, I, I was thinking like, OK, this is the challenge curve. Like human realm was easy. Earth realm was a little bit harder. Now they've ramped it up to 11 and that's just going to be how the game is. And I was dreading playing it the way that I'm dreading playing Soul Reaver now. Like mm. I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. Um, but then the game just like gets better after this, I feel like. Yeah. Because um, I like that. There, there's nothing I dislike as much as the Ashen, Ashen Cavern in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. like I, I the my only problem with this is that it was un, like uninteresting aside from mm-hmm. just I like the visual design of these enemies, but I can look them. I can look at them in the bestiary. Yeah. You know, like I don't have to be like right up close to them to appreciate that side of it. Like it, I, I wasn't introduced to them. I like, I really don't like any, any time where they just throw a bunch of different kinds of enemies at me on a platform. And that happens, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's going to happen a lot in the next episode. Um, like I, I would rather them just kind of like, Hey, I'm going to introduce you to this, to this enemy in a situation that is something besides an arena where you can't see them most of the time. Yeah. Let's you, let you learn it and then, and then move, yeah. move on. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, yeah I, I just, thought this guy. So you're, you're, are you a Gary or are you a Cole? Take our online. <laughs> well, online it's, it's it's entirely up to chance too, and you know, it just depends. Yeah. Like, you know, is 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 this egregious and unforgivable, or just uninteresting and not a problem? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that is going to have to do with his his AI, you know, the RNG thing, because like yeah. the leader bosses that just, like I said, like illusion world boss did not do the AOE for me. Like it was just a sword fight or like a, a close up fight, which was cool. Yeah. Um. So like that stuff is going to vary, but this guy for me just did tons of damage, and even with a firestone, I think I maybe had to go grind for firestones. Maybe that's what happened. Hmm. Something happened where like I just wasn't spec for it and yeah. uh, was just like this is this is the worst. Um. So it's, it's the lowest point that we're ending this episode on <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just business as usual. Yeah. Yeah. But uh but yeah, this is the end of the first episode. Next uh time, next week, we're going to be covering uh Waterworld up through the very end of the game. Up through the postman. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. You've been waiting for a while to do that one, haven't you? Uh, no, no, it's just off the dome, man. Um the uh yeah. So we're gonna handle that. If you uh it is too late. Yes. If you have thoughts about Shadow Tower, we're recording these in one go. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it is, because yeah. uh, it conveniences us. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. But if you have any thoughts on Titan Souls or Shadow Tower Abyss, both of those are going to have proper appendices. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. If you uh, if you like this and want to support the show, um, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Um, give us a little bit of money each month and you can uh, get the episodes a, week, a day in advance, um, get a bunch of other little perks. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a change. You're, you're going you're gonna to get them as soon as they're ready. Like, yeah. not just a day in advance. Like, sometimes it'll change, but it'll always be at least a day before they're out because of the way our schedules work. But like, At least a day, sometimes yeah. too. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's never going to be like, because we record, you know, after sufferings like three at a time. You're never going to yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're so, not going to get all four of those at a time. Yeah. yeah you're going to get a day or two in advance. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, what else? We have the Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash bonfireside chat, especially in the run up to, uh, to Dark Souls 3. Uh, there's going to be a, a lot of interest around the series, you know, when that game comes out. But like, if you are trying to get friends on board, uh, with this series and with From Software's work, um, send them our way. You know, yeah. like make recommendations, blog us, uh, share us, uh, tweet us. We watch for all of that, and we're super gratified when it happens. And uh, boy, that is a great way to help uh, uh, grow the show. Yes, yeah, it is. Is you know one of the biggest things you can do to support the show mm-hmm. is just use your voice, yeah, digitally or uh, in meat space. Yeah, shout it from the mountaintops until they take you away. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, you know, and then all the other things like ratings, reviews, iTunes, all that stuff is useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so next, until next time, Cole, what should they do? Um, they should watch out for Molten Knight. Indeed. And we all pray that we will have far more soon.